We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Up. You want to do that against, I think, Jock Peterson breaks out of his funk here tonight in a big way at 3,500. All right, let's get some value on the infield. Debut here in the fantasy bar for third baseman Vladimir Guerrero Jr., just 2,500. So obviously we don't have a lot of numbers to go off of, but we know this dude's a stud. And I'm willing to roll the dice here. A lot of upside in this guy in this matchup at this $2,500 price point. This is going to help you unlock Coors Field, the Boston Bats, things we've already talked about. This is the way you do it. Find some cheap guys with some upside. Now, Kyle Gibson, pretty good against right-handed hitters, no doubt, but does give up a lot of hard contact, over 41%. We know this is a solid hitting environment. I'm willing to take a shot here on Vlad Guerrero Jr. at a very cheap price of just $2,500. Now, I like that game. Let's go to the other side of things in the outfield with Max Kepler, $3,600. So Kepler, very good numbers against righties throughout his career. Let's look at this season, 273 ISO, 369 is the weighted OBA, and that ISO matches up very well with Mr. Thornton and his ISO allowed, sitting at almost the same number, 275 allowed to left-handed hitters. So he gives up the power. We got a power hitter here. We mentioned the nice hitting conditions here in Toronto, and I already said I like this game. I think you can stack this one up. You can do it pretty economically and allow yourself to get access to high-end pitching with a solid game stack that nobody's really going to look at. I think we get some runs here in Toronto, Minnesota, but I like Kepler in all formats tonight at 3,600. All right, let's stay in the outfield with some value with Josh Reddick, just 3,000. So obviously an under-the-radar Astro. We know we got bigger names, Springer, Correa, Altuve. We can go on and on and on here. Bregman, Reddick kind of flies under that radar, but he does give you cheap access to that lineup. And that's what I like about Reddick. Solid in the Woba department, almost 370 against right-handed pitching. And oh, Mr. Lopez, it's been a struggle for him as well with left-handed hitters throughout his career. 351 Woba, 223 ISO out, and a hard contact rate at 42%. Houston, another team I love tonight. Josh Reddick, maybe the fifth or sixth Astro for a lot of people, but I want to alleviate some of that salary, get him in there. I like this spot, and I think he goes yard here tonight against Lopez. All right, back to the infield, under 3,000. Catcher first base from Miguel Cabrera, 2,900. So Miggy's still hitting the ball well. Maybe not as much power as we've seen in the past, but still a guy that's going to get on base, make things happen, and we've seen that of late. Three multi-hit games now over the last four, and still a guy putting them numbers against lefties. Woba since the start of last season, over 400. This season, ISO 313. That Woba sitting at 533 against left-handed pitching. And Tyler Skaggs, I like, gives you strikeout upside if you're using him tonight. 
I don't see an issue with that. But Skaggs does give up a lot of hard contact. And against Miguel Cabrera, maybe this is the night he does go yard. Skaggs almost 45% in the hard contact department. Love this spot. Not stacking the Tigers, but Cabrera. Nice savings for you. Great cash game option. And even in tournaments at 2,900, we'll have a few shares of Miguel Cabrera. All right, that's five. Let's take a look at my favorite play. But before we do that, guys, who's your favorite play? Who's your beast tonight? Get in the comment section. Let me know while you're there on YouTube, guys. Simple. Enjoy your time here in the Fantasy Bar. Like I always say, no tips required here in this bar. All you got to do, take a second, click that thumbs up button, guys. It really helps us out, and I greatly appreciate it. Now, let's move on to my favorite play. You know him as the Beast of the Night. All right, Beast time. We have not given you a starting pitcher yet. We saved in a lot of spots. Why? So we can pay up for Chris Sale, 11000 tonight's Beast of the Night. So rarely do I ever give you the most expensive guy on the slate as the Beast of the Night, but I think you want to make this a primary spend for it. I think you could get lower ownership here with all the good hitting spots we mentioned. Boston, Coors Field, Houston, a lot of spots people are going to want to be spending on those bats. So on a normal slate without those conditions, Chris Sale's probably 50% owned. Maybe we get a discount on that. So I'm not saying you won't have any ownership, but maybe it's lower than it should be. This is a guy that's absolutely starting to pick it back up. We saw him struggle early on in the season, but 18 innings pitched over his last three starts, 28 strikeouts in that time frame. We know Baltimore, a bottom 10 team in strikeouts against left-handed pitching. When you look at the career BVP here, we're talking about an absolutely ridiculous 47.6% strikeout rate against current Orioles bats. No, Chris Davis is not all of those strikeouts. He accounts for nine of those. But you're talking almost a 50% strikeout rate for Chris Sale. Guy who's pitching well, a great matchup. I have no issues paying the 11000 Chris Sale, easily my favorite play on FanDuel and tonight's beast of the night. All right, guys, that wraps up here for the Wednesday night main slate on FanDuel. Any questions, comments, feedback, you know what to do. Hit me up in that comment section right below the video. Also, can reach out and follow me on Twitter. At BeermakersFan for Rotogrinders.com. I am Bear saying salut. Best of luck. As always, we'll take tomorrow off. Be right back here talking more baseball on Friday in the Fantasy Bar. Good luck tonight, guys, and we'll see you back here on Friday. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
What's up, everybody? Guess what's back? We got the draft show here on Roto Grinders. Uh, happy to uh, have a uh, draft back here and doing some drafts with you guys. Uh, I am Britt Devine. Uh, I'm calling him the pizza man the rest of the show. Uh, Mr. Grant Niefer, a.k.a. Turd Ferguson. Uh, where's Grant today? I always, I always like to know. It seems like every show Grant's somewhere different. Where's Grant at today? Uh, a beer festival this last weekend, which turned out great. And then I have a wedding this upcoming weekend. So I'm just two weeks down in California. Um, just having a good time, enjoying the weather. Don't have to worry about that snow that's coming into Coors today. Yeah. So I, I've been seeing on the draft app all day. People have been taking the Coors baths uh, way too early. They're going to have to be doing... Well, they have the mass swap now, so it's a little bit easier. Uh, there's going to be some swapping for those people. But uh, maybe if you want to risk it, uh, we'll play along in a little bit here. But, uh, Grant, first off, uh, I got to tell you guys, we haven't done the draft show in a while, it seems like. So this is a uh, you know fan interactive show. You guys get to play along if you want to. Uh, you got to have the draft app, right? Go to your Apple store, go to your Android store. You can go to draft.com and if you want to play along. Uh, but the key to be able to play along is you have to follow me. So once you have it, if you don't already follow me, uh, you have to not on Twitter, not at Roto Grinders, not anything like that, actually on the draft app. So on the bottom right of your draft app, uh, there's a little thing that says profile. You click that. Oh, actually, wait. Yes, that is how you do it. And then in the very top right of the next screen, you can see it right there. There's a little <laughs> plus person. You click that and then you'd want to type in my name, which is, of course, Britt Devine, the greatest name that's ever been created. And you want to follow me. And then when I send out these notifications to play, you guys will be able to play along with me. So if you don't already have all this done, make sure you do it right now and you'll be able to participate in some of the games. And if you don't have the draft app already and you want to download it, when you sign up, use promo code grinders. There's a little bit of a freebie, something like that. I think it's like a small ticket uh, that you'll get, but it helps us put on shows like this and allows you to play along with us on the show. So uh, if you do happen to sign up, Use promo code GRINDERS, and that'll get you a little free ticket, and it's a little easier for us to track you on the show and be able to get involved today. So look at this. Pulling the cards just followed me. So you guys uh, keep doing that. I'll let you guys roll that in for a little bit so you guys all have the best chance. And it's uh, you know it's a, it's a speed test, right, Grant? Because when we do like a, a six- or an eight-man show, it's the fastest finger. you got to be right there clicking it, hammering the buttons to get into the show because uh, these get pretty popular, don't they? Yeah, yeah, no, they gen I'm always worried as the one not doing screen share if I'm gonna get it. So yeah. It's it's uh, while while they're still following me, I'll let you guys kind of do this uh, again a little more. If you guys uh, again one more time, uh, on the bottom right, there's a profile button. You would click that, and then on the top right, after you click that, there's a plus person. Just do that and click in uh Brit Divine and you'll want to follow me, and then you'll get notifications for me whenever I post a game. Uh, but I want to play a game in chat. Grant, you are probably one of the biggest power users on Grant, or on Draft. And you told me before the show how many drafts you've entered. I want the chat to guess, Grant, Grant how long have you been playing Draft? A uh, year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half. So Grant is probably one of the biggest power users on Draft. I want some of you guys to throw out numbers in terms of drafts Grant has done, right? So this would be for any sport. Anything that includes best balls, all that type of stuff. I want I want to see if some of you guys can guess Grant's number, and when it pops up, uh, I'll let you know. But I, I really couldn't believe how many how many Grant's done over the years. Where do you even find that Grant? 
Uh, oh, just you hit the profile button. I don't know. I have a droid, so that's where I do, where I find it. So I've done, uh, what is that? One, 1,135. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got <laughs> Slightly you behind you. I'm slightly behind you, Grant. I have done more than that in a day. Uh, Chat, go higher. Way higher. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when Grant told me this. Uh, keep going. Higher, higher, higher. Uh, all right, so a couple of you guys have followed me. And uh, let's play some baseball today. Uh, how it works, it's kind of like a snake draft, just like you would play uh, NBA or NFL uh, your season long, but we're going to do it daily uh, for baseball today. So I'm going to create a draft here for baseball. And uh, I'm going to go to the main slam. I'm going to skip over kind of the early stuff, Grant. That sound good to you? Yep. All right. So we'll just do the standard and we'll mix in. They have some more game types as well from probably the last time you did the show. And we'll talk about those. Um, but I'm going to make, what do you think we should make here to start? Uh, to get some of the people involved. I'm just going to do a quick little $1. How about an eight man? Does that sound good? That works for me. We'll see if we can fill this because I'm a little worried. We haven't done the draft shows in a while, but we should be able to get this done here. So get out there with a fast finger. Here comes Grant. Boom. All right. So you guys jump into this I'm in. and we'll start talking some baseball strategy for this. Normally they fill by the time I even X out the screen. Um, but we've got up to three days. I'm hoping the eight will fill because you guys have been unaware of the draft shows for a while. So come on in. The water's great. I'm going to donate even Grant. Grant's famous for just picking guys who aren't even playing. Not sure if he's going to donate hard, that hard today. Uh, but he might have some fun with that on future shows. We have a winner. Oh, of course. You, you, you play a bajillion drafts. What does Jeremy do? He gives you the number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure if I want the number one pick today. <laughs> What are you doing here? So we got a 10-man. It's a little different. In the, If you're playing the three-mans, I think you could wait at pitcher. There's enough pitchers where I think sales probably the best. You can take him at number one, too, and there's enough bats. Uh, but at number one, I, I think I'd probably just take sale first here off the board. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, let's see. I've done research before in six-mans. Eight's a little bit tougher. You're stuck in the Sonny Gray, Kyle Gibson range. Yeah, I think the smart move, unless – you have like one to go and get multiple Red Sox players in, like mm -hmm. at the beginning, you can go bets at the beginning, and then kind of round it out with Moreland. I don't know a guy like Chavez, but uh, unless you're throwing multiple guys in there, it's a little bit tough. Now that I say that, you know what I'm going at the beginning? What are you going to do, JD? Trump? JD. Yeah, I like JD. You can make you can actually make Red Sox stacks pretty easy today, even in the bigger ten mans. Because like Moreland and Bogarts, uh, those guys fall a little bit. So if you can get JD at the top, you can create some form of a Red Sox stack uh, later on in your lineup pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, it, especially if you're willing to go with Bradley and stacking up the Red Sox in draft is not the worst idea in the world, even taking the lower guys because they are the road team. So they are guaranteed that ninth inning at bat. And without Coors on the slate, a lot of people are going to be taking a few Coors bats beforehand. So that gets a lot of the higher projected guys here, according to drafts projections. So it's, it's really not a horrible idea to go with a bit of a uh, Red Sox stack, but it's, it's not a requirement by any means. Pitching gets a little uglier towards the end. So I just got that out of the way. There's always enough bats in baseball, but there's definitely not enough pitching uh, in baseball specifically right now. So I went ahead and took Kershaw. Uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about the scoring, some of the strategies for baseball grant too. We haven't done these in a while. Some of these people might be new from last year. Uh, what's important to you on draft? Um, home runs are probably the most important. I mean, you're only getting four batters, so picking a guy with power is very important. I mean, you get 10 for a home run plus two for the RBI, two for the score. So 
a little bit fairly similar to DraftKings scoring, at least from the hitting side of it. Um, but walks and intentional walks hit by pitch, all those things are worth three. So that's a little bit more important too. Like it, it's not just straight DraftKings, it's not just straight FanDuel. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a mix of both. So like if you're trying to find a stack, find a guy that gets wild and gives up a lot of hard contact. You may strike out guys at a decent clip, but if he's going to have, if he has a 10% K rate and he has a 40% hard hit rate, but walks a decent amount of guys, then like, it's just, you want guys on base, you want runs, but more importantly than anything, you want art, you want home runs. And it's fine to fade pitcher. Pitchers aren't nearly as important, as important as on FanDuel as on DraftKings because any 20, 30 batters are going to score about as much as the top pitcher in pretty much every single draft you go in. So it, it's batting is more important than pitching, but you don't want to get stuck with a pitcher that's going to end up with minus three points, although apparently one of the best pitchers on the slate any given day will end up with that in all likelihood, just the way that the season's been. Yeah, you want you want strikeouts and you want the win. The win is super important on draft compared to probably a couple other sites that you're on. So strikeouts and win for pitchers, and of course, you always, chicks chicks dig the long ball, and you got to get the long ball on draft as well. But uh, as you mentioned, the win isn't as important as a quality start over on draft. So six innings in, like you don't want to get stuck with a pitcher that can't get a quality start. Yeah, it's you got it. Um, I'm going to be up here in a second. So I already I already picked Kershaw. I like him a little bit tonight. Uh, and now I'm going to start taking some bats. And I see some really good bats that should not be on the board yet. And we've got Dean. I can't believe Dean. Uh, Dean confirmed watches the show, Grant. Uh, I did not see that coming. You see uh, I don't know if he's right watching or he just got the, the invite. Oh, oh, gosh. That could also be someone that just made up a fake Dean account. No, no, that's definitely Dean. Yeah, it's got the I'm talking many a drafts. Oh, him. he went Boyd. Uh, so infield is a little bit weaker. I I don't understand how uh, Alex Bregman's still around, but I'm he's like one of my first picks. That's a biscuit. Yeah, he's like one of the first picks on draft today, and I got him at two point five. I'm I'm feeling pretty good right there. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not terribly happy about that. Oh, gosh darn! Now I don't know what. Now that now all the Astros are gonna go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what. That's what I was playing before you said anything. I'm like, all right, great. Now I can get a full Astro stack along with JD. Oh, there's so many good players. I mean, you have your pick of like a bajillion good players here, Grant. Yeah, whatever. I'm just going to take. It's also not a terrible idea to do a little two-man stacks like mm-hmm. Betts and Moreland and Bregman and Springer if you can get it. But, I mean, it all depends on the size. Like, obviously, upside is a bigger thing for – eight-man drafts than it is for oh team. bellinger i couldn't believe bellinger was still around oh my goodness uh aces team sale springer and bellinger you can ask for a better start than that yeah yeah no i mean if you're not stacking it up he's got all the power in the world he's pretty get much guaranteed for a quality start there with sale and a decent amount of strikeouts he's pretty much got a 15 point floor with sale there plus two guys that should have the ball at the ballpark i mean Belly is Belly's in second in home runs right now, right? Yeah, he's probably my top pick to hit a home run tonight. Yeah. Um, by the way, who do you think has a higher woba, Hoskins or Strout? Oh, I mean, there's only one reason you would be asking this question, Grant, and that would be because it would be Hoskins. Well, what about Iso? That's probably Hoskins too. That is correct. <laughs> I mean, there's no way you're you're asking those questions without knowing the answer to it. Yeah, no, I, I I was actually a little bit surprised to see that. Um, but yeah, Hoskins is like sneakily 
pretty much the third best hitter in baseball right now. And I guess it's not that sneaky. Everyone knows how great he is, but people also don't realize how high of a walk rate he has and how patient he is. If he was actually free swinging, he'd probably have 15 home runs right now. He's worth that $300 million contract. Yeah, you know he's getting paid <laughs> like 800k right now because he's still on his rookie deal. Yeah, not Brace Harper. Brace Harper does not deserve $300 million. Let's see here. All right, so I'm coming up here in a second. Can't give away all the goods. I always like to – do you tend to get infielders first? I always like those because they, they tend to – there's more of them, but it seems like the best ones run out a, a little quicker. Um, but the outfield can run run slow uh, or run out of players pretty quickly as well. What's your what's your preference? Or you just – you not have one, you just take the best players? Uh, I mean, so it, it last year it was – DHs were technically infielders. Mm-hmm. This year they switched them up to outfielders. So there's always a huge scarcity when it came to outfielders. And as soon as you throw a DH in there, now there's a little bit more of a like just not as many good infielders to go with. So mm-hmm. now it's you kind of plan more on getting good infielders. But it all depends on if you're stacking. If you're looking for one off power, then outfielders always just stacked and infield. You're a little bit worse off trying to find a guy depending on the day. I'm a lot of it can, depends on if the Astros are on the slate. If the Astros are on the slate, then mm-hmm. it has a whole bunch of infield power there, and it changes everything up. I'm looking at lineups. Houston lineup just came out. Uh, Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Brantley, Correa, Redick, Yuli, uh, Diaz, Stassi. Looks like a pretty good lineup for Houston tonight. So, Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's, that's about what I was expecting there. This is just interesting because – like, it's always nice when they're facing a righty that has decent splits, uh, just because you can throw Brantley and Reddick in there. And people just often don't play them because they immediately want to play Correa, Bregman, uh, I can't, Springer, and Altuve. But throwing in those lefty outfielders is a great way to, like, save a little bit of money or to get a little bit less ownership on the guy. I went ahead and took Jock. Uh, should be up in that top of the lineup. And... uh uh, I like the Dodgers today to really put some runs up against uh, Fulty. Yeah, no, Fulty. I mean, there's just so many lefties in that lineup. It's ridiculous. Um, he could be in for a bit of trouble. Plus, just, he obviously hasn't been the same guy since he came back from injury. And, yeah, I, I Dodgers might be my favorite stack on the How is Fulty 9K on DraftKings? That's insane. I don't, I don't know. What is he over on FanDuel? 7-5? Uh, I, don't, I have not opened up FanDuel today, so I cannot tell you on that one. Bold move, Cut. Bold move. You know what's weird? I barely made money yesterday with 100% cannon over on FanDuel. Well, did you not have J.D. Martinez? I had about 50% J.D. Martinez. All right. So who didn't you have? I, I don't know. I'm still confused at how I did <laughs> a boatload of money. I barely cashed in some tournaments. I crushed cash. I absolutely destroyed cash. I had like four home runs. By the time the fourth inning was over, I'm like, all right, well, at least I've got that. I think, uh, I think I'm going to take Kyle Schwarber. Uh, where'd he go? Uh-oh, here he is. He should make the lineup today. I'll take him. So, uh, it, but he might be batting eighth, and obviously the wind's blowing in a little bit. It's They're the home team, so that, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, that pick, is he, Brett. Is he eighth? I didn't see that. Oh, he's seventh. Yeah, I didn't see that out there. And see the didn't see the lineup, so that was probably a bad pick on my part. Hey, maybe I'm donating. Yeah, well, it's only a dollar. 
That's what happens when you create these in, little tiny in, drafts. Infield looks pretty strong. I mean, there are some really good infielders. I think for the next one we do, uh, I'm going to switch up my strategy a little bit because there's guys like, I mean, I don't want to name him, but what, what's Corey Seager still doing out here? What's, I mean, he might be the only one, but there's no way Corey Seager should still be sitting out here. Yeah, there's also the interesting part over on draft, like those guys that weren't in the lineup the day before, and you pretty much know they're going to be in the lineup the next day, but they're only projected for 0.6 points. Um, you can kind of figure that out and get a huge advantage there, get your last pick, a guy like, I don't know. You got any of those guys today? Uh, I, I haven't looked at it because there's enough batters on the board. Oh, gosh. Is it Mother's Day this weekend? Yeah, and Sunday. Okay. Well, all right. Good to know. Why? Well, you, you got you got something to do now? I mean, I, I do have a mother. <laughs> uh, let's go over my team. So uh, tell me what you think. I went Kershaw first. What do you think of taking Kershaw kind of up near the top of all the batters? Or, you know, this in, in an eight-man I think in like a three man, I would probably wait because you could probably even get Kershaw in like your uh, second to last pick or even last pick. Uh, what do you think about taking him so early here? Yeah, I, I, I don't mind that call at all. Like it, like I said, the quality starts to work quite a bit there. Sale was obviously off the board. Kershaw's the safest to get the win, to get quality start. He's going to keep runs suppressed, which is really what you want over on draft. He's going to get enough strikeouts to make it worth it. There's not really a huge amount of safety or upside with a lot of the rest of the guys. And then uh, I got Bregman and Altuve. So I got the Astros. Uh, I like Pete Jack quite a bit. I probably reached on Schwarber, but outfield was getting a little thin at the end there. Uh, Let's take a look at Grant's team and uh, let's go over here. So you got Skagg. Some people in chat are talking about Skagg. So what do you like about him today? I mean, it's just because he was there. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Skaggs. Realistically, I'm going to wait and see where ownership's at because outside of Kershaw, outside of Boyd, outside of Sale, like there's no real guarantee and there's no guarantee in baseball pretty much at all right now. So out of those three first guys I mentioned, I'm going to go with the guy with the least amount of ownership. After that, I'm not going to play a guy that's going to be 40%. The chalk almost always falls on a random guy. And we saw what happened with McHugh last night who just ridiculous amount of ownership depending on the site and just absolutely got destroyed that can happen with pretty much anyone. So I, I'm just going to kind of get a feel for ownership and then kind of figure out where I'm going to go with things. But Skaggs, he does have the potential to do fairly well here. Detroit's not really a great lineup. He has a good enough K rate. Like everything kind of points towards him being one of those guys that 25 points tonight. And if the ownership's going to be low, then you can roll with it. Uh, what I've noticed, so I think we have a little bit sharper crowd than the randoms that have been playing on draft today. I've been seeing the cores players go all day long in drafts. Ross had this red since basically yesterday. What have you, you been doing with the cores players so far on draft? And even in DFS, I'm not expecting that game to play. Tonight. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not expecting it to play at all either. I'm just like, the only time you pick someone is it's going to be at the end of the draft. Um, with your last pick, you can go with Story or go with Arenado or Blackman, like any of those guys, any of the big bats in that mm-hmm. game. And knowing that you can swap out, or if you're kind of waiting to see what the lineup is, let's say you're stacking up, I don't know, the Dodgers, and you kind of want to know exactly what who's going to be batting where. Um, and if you don't want to get stuck with a guy that's going to be batting lower down the lineup, like maybe Muncie, then you could potentially go with Blackman or Arenado or Story. If it plays, then you're great. If it doesn't play, then you can swap to whichever Dodgers player 
is batting higher up in the lineup and kind of can play a stack that way. Yeah, last I saw, Roth had that red. I'm going to bring up the weather and make sure he still has that. Uh, it still is red, but it hasn't been updated from earlier in the day. But uh, I looked at the weather. It looks pretty bad out there today. So uh, it's I'll give you. Snow. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you guys a round of applause because you seem to be smarter than uh, a lot of the rant regular players that have been playing and taking these Colorado and San Francisco bats. Uh, I mean, they're smarter because you mentioned it before the draft started. <laughs> well, I mean, some of them come into the show a little bit. Well, oh, and they all obviously pay attention to Kevin Roth watching Grinders Live. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk uh, real quick. Uh, you know, I do the best balls, Grant. I saw. I thought I had done a lot of best balls. So I'm up to 77 best balls right now. So I thought I had a lot going. There was some dude on Twitter who had like 600 of these already. So like he's, I thought I was a crack addict on him, but he's even more. He's, he's like, he's really on it. Um, I like the best balls. It's for football, right? If you want to do NFL drafts, if you guys have never played them, you can just snake draft and it kind of formulates all your score already. Uh, I've got a bunch of them going already, uh, but I want to let you guys know this is available on draft. So if you like football, you can play for as little as a buck. They have slow drafts. You get eight hours per pick on the slow drafts. It gives you 10 and a half overnight. So even if you sleep overnight, just check, make sure your pick or make a couple of auto picks. And then you really don't get skipped in the draft. Uh, it's a really fun product. I encourage you guys to check it out. I know we're here for baseball, but Grant, you know, I got to talk baseball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm a big, I did horrible in baseball this year, mostly because I either went Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson at the mm-hmm. top. So that's an automatic loss pretty much. And then most of my guys ended up getting injured. So I, I, I definitely contributed quite a bit of money to best ball this year. All right. So let's play some of the new formats. Do you play the auctions at all, Grant? you got to be there for those. Cut out, sorry, you cut up out, out there for a second. Do you play the auctions at all? Um, no, but I'm absolutely in for an auction. Yeah, I, have, do- I have it for baseball. I did for basketball. All right, so this guy this is a little bit fast and furious. We all just bid on players. Nobody knows what anyone else bids, and uh, whoever gets the, the highest bid wins it. So I'm going to do a six-man of these, and uh, what do you say? You want to do this one, Grant? This will yeah. be, be a little bit more fun. We didn't have these last year, so I'm excited to do this. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the blind auction format. And, I mean, ba- basketball always depended on the day, and certain days it's like, well – you pretty much just don't want to get stuck with the last forward there. Like sometimes you'll have forwards one through six. I've never done this before. This is my first time doing this on it. So what's the nomination cue? How do I play this? Um, So you nominate someone um, when it's your turn and then everyone enters a blind amount. All right. Whoever has the highest one gets that play. So it's my turn. I got to nominate. Yeah. I'm going to nominate. Let's see if I can figure this out. Q's empty. Add player. So I can nominate anybody. And then if nobody wants them, like, like if I pick a crappy guy, I could get him for like a buck theoretically, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you pick a crappy guy, you get him for a buck. All right. Let's uh let's have some fun here. Let's take. Actually, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I want someone to waste use a lot of money. Who are you going with? Talk it out loud. They're gonna see you in a We're second. going George George Springer's going out first. Oh, gosh. That makes things interesting. This is going to be fun. Oh, wow. And how much, uh, how long do you have to bid on these? Uh, I think it's 15, 20 seconds. This probably. is rapid fire. This is going to be uh, interesting here. Yeah, no, these are a whole lot of fun. And my, except here's the thing I mean, there's a delay, but my bid isn't going to be blind because you guys can see my screen. 
Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> you just wait until like everyone else is submitted or until you're getting close. But yeah, there's enough of delay where you can, there's a 15 second delay, I think on this. So mm -hmm. you can, you can kind of figure it out. So I thought I nominated, oh no, yeah. it looks like, looks like Chris sales up. So now I can do my blind bid. How much do I want to spend on sale? All right, I've got a I've got a number in mind. You can do we're on a fifteen second delay, so they're not going to be able to see it. Yeah, I think I got them. Yeah, I spent I spent all my budget on sale. <laughs> okay, well this is an easy one now. Oh, Devin's in here. Oh my gosh. Oh, Matt Boyd. I don't have to worry about that. That one's easy. This is yeah. interesting. I like these. Yeah. No, honestly, I don't. It's helping out my competition here, but I don't really care. Yeah, spending that much money on a pitcher is not really worth it. Um, there's like, so many hitters today. I'm I'm good getting the best pitcher. I mean, there's a decent enough amount of pitchers. Like, look, you spent 70 on sale. Realistically, you're only netting four points there, five points there. You do get some consistency with that. Uh, but Grant, I know. Listen, Grant, I got a little bit excited. This is my first time doing it. You know, hey, maybe it like uh, reenacted a real life there for a little bit. I mean, yeah, you were a little bit premature. There. <laughs> but, you okay. know what? It's all right. It's all right. Now you can just blow the rest of your money. You have a max bid of 25. Throw 25 on trap. No, you I, may, I, may not get him. I passed. <laughs> I always throw at least like three bucks. Oh, De Devin won for 20. 25 bucks for trout. That seems like a pretty good deal. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I think I like the snake draft to smidge more, but these are, this is like a good little time killer if you're like in line in the grocery store. Charlie Blackman. Oh, he's going to get let's stuck. See they, let's see who bids on it. <laughs> he's going to get okay, stuck. Whoever threw him up on the board might have actually just won it because I'm not going to be surprised if everyone passed here. Yeah. And what do you get? What do you have to pay a buck for it? Yeah. Yep. I mean, <laughs> it's not, it, it's not a bad deal. Do you get to swap out of these? Yeah, yeah, you can swap on any of them, and even if the game's delayed slightly after the game starts, I think you can still swap as long as it's postponed. All right, Kyle Hendricks. That's positions full. I can't do that. Uh, Laratan says I'm drinking Disney Cola. So um, my fiance, she had a birthday party, and I, I I always prefer I've always like Mountain Dew or Code Red. Those are my sodas, right? And she had um, what's like the grape? The grape soda. I think it's called grape soda. But it's is it Fanta or which would Fanta? Fanta. Don't is it Fanta? It? Oh my god, it's delicious. I haven't had this in forever. Kyle Gibson for a buck. It ain't bad. I'll tell you that. I mean, it's not good. <laughs> it's not bad. Mookie. All right, I'm bidding. Yeah, I wouldn't bother if I were you. Uh, you went higher. Yes. How do I go back and see how much money I have? There it is. Uh, Oh, gosh. Someone beat me by 0.29 seconds to get him. Son of a biscuit. Oh, so if you bid the same, it's whoever did it faster? Yeah, pretty oh. much. Uh, now I'm sure it's 6AK, 6AKing NYC. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand what his name says, but I'm not going to get sure he's going. Yeah, I knew he'd throw 31 bucks in there. Now his plan is probably to. Uh, He's stacking up the Red Sox. Yeah, pretty much. We'll go for Moreland. Yeah, which is why I'm throwing Moreland. If you really want to mess with him, bid $9 on it right now. Well, who else is in here? There's Mo Moreland, there's Bogarts. He can't get Ben and Sandy because he already has the outfield filled. 
I did um, it. I messed with him. Oh, De Devin, oh. really? <laughs> Devin, really? Devin, I see you, Devin. I see you. Oh, gosh. Pulling the cards. What is he going? Oh, I know exactly what pulling. Grant's just okay. having all the money, and then he's there's nobody to spend it on. Yeah, so this is interesting here. Um, what are all these people bidding on Trevor's story? I don't get it. Uh, if you pass it, it says bid lock. Oh, all right. Devin got Tre Trevor Story. Apparently, Devin hasn't been listening to the show he's been producing. All right, so I get to nominate a player. Here you go, Grant. Spend some cash. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going for Belly. I have a set plan, and it's not going to work out well. All right, there we go. Pulling the cards. Just... Oh, man, he beat me by a second. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I didn't just go 26. It uh, looks like I know exactly what I need to do here. Let's see. I do want Bregman. Did I? I wonder if I got my bid in faster than you. I realized I messed up. If I got in faster. I, I was the first one to lock. You were the first one? Son of a biscuit. Yeah, you beat me by 0.25 seconds. I, I beat someone by 0.48. Yeah, that was me. But now I'm down to three $1 players the rest of the way out. I spent it all on Salem Bregman. Probably not ideal. It's not the greatest idea in the world, um, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm wondering what – I need to figure out what pulling the cards is doing. I don't know if he's just going for power, if he's trying to lock up some Dodgers, because obviously you have Seager, you have Turner, and Devin's already done. Devin's out. You can you basically have the run of the board here. You can get anybody you want. Yes, I can. I definitely played this completely wrong, by the way. Let's see. Yeah, no, you definitely did. <laughs> fail was the problem from the get-go. Um, yep. Yep, I know exactly what pulling the cards is doing. Dodger stack? Yep. That Were makes you? Max Philly fan, what is he doing? That's the interesting one. I think he literally just made it so he had $69. Cause... Nice. Or maybe he's going for some Red Sox now. Are you are you on Bogarts? Oh, you're, you're joining? All right, there we go. Now he's going for some Red Sox, or he's maybe just trying to take the top guys. He didn't go for Ben Attendee, which is interesting. What are you waiting on? I do what I want. Like, is Springer's gone? Nope. Oh, Springer. Oh, there he is. Here you go. I'm betting a dollar. I think I'm going to outbid you. Try to outbid me. I dare you. This is interesting, though, because I'm in rough shape. Yep. Oh, man. There it is. Now I'm done for. Now I'm screwed. This is why <laughs> if you wait on guys for too long, then you're kind of in really, really bad shape. Um, that, was, that was interesting. Now pulling the cards is going to go with Muncie. If you want Muncie, you got to bid 18. No, because Paul Maxville fan has enough. I got him. Yeah, this is real interesting here. Um, gosh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, add guys to my queue and kind of figure things out. 
Oh, Cars is going to get Arenado. Now, does Devin get to nominate anybody or no? No, once you're done, you're once done. Once you're done? All right. All right, bias. It's not. Why didn't I just go for? I really should have just gone for Cubs after Springer got taken because I could have got Baez, um, Bryant, and Rizzo. Or no, they're all infield. That's the problem with that one. I mean, you you now have the ability to do whatever you want. Um, I mean. Someone can still outbid me. Let's see, $29. I can't quite max bid, but let's see. Yes, Actually, you can. We, no one has any money left. You can do whatever you want. I know exactly what to do. There you go. 30 bucks. Yep, yep. So all I have to do is lock up my two outfield spots at 30 bucks a piece because Max Billy Band can't take either of mine. And then I'm guaranteed to get my other infielder because he doesn't have an infield spot. All I have to do is outbid you by two. Yeah, you can't outbid me. I, I most certainly can outbid you. All right, I got to be sneaky here. Who do I want for sure? Oh, crap. I did not want Castellanos. Oh, well, looks like I get Castellanos. Yep. <laughs> I didn't have it in time. Just bid a dollar. Oh, oh. no, you don't get Castellanos. Perfect. Excellent. Oh, wow. I only have like... There we go. Just bid one. I get it. At least we know what we're doing here. Pass. Suarez, I think I'm going to pass. I mean, he got his bid locked in before he means he automatically wins. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of... It doesn't seem like there's a lot of strategy. There's quite there a bit is. of strategy. It's, it's not just knowing the numbers. It's knowing what other people are going to do. Yeah. Um, always keep in mind how much other people have on the board is a hugely benefit. Oh, my God. Correa? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was either LTV or Correa was taken. Outfield. Oh, man. I'm not even going to get the player I want. You got to be quick on those. And boom. Oh, look at this. I spent all, oh, it gives you like a little chart. For, yeah. for those guys over a draft, they know what they're doing. Yeah, everyone loves charts. Look at this fun little thing here. All right, so I wanted to try those out. I think for the sake of the show, I think the snake drafts work a little bit better, Grant, for entertainment purposes. Yeah, so it's football is a little bit more fun, but baseball, like with just outfielders, infielders, and a pitcher, it's not nearly as interesting because you can also pair things up like, yeah, you can stack in baseball, but it's just not great. We're going to close out the show. We're going to do one more six, man. Six, man. We'll do it for baseball. Six, one for tonight. That should get us there to the end here. So we'll get that. Get in there quick. It's only six people. So if you want to play, uh, jump on in. Again, 
Uh, if you're wondering what this is, right, we haven't done these. If you're new to Roto-Grinders in the past six months, you probably haven't seen a draft show. Um, but they, uh, you know, they're owned by uh, Patty Power, uh, FanDuel. This is kind of like their, uh, you know, snake draft type of thing that they have going on over here. Uh, it's really fun. Uh, Grant will tell you it's extremely addictive. Uh, he loves playing on draft with, what was it, 80,000? 81,500. That is insane. I could never do that. Um, if you like football, they have it for all sports too. Right? You can, if you want to play playoff basketball, you want to play hockey, you like golf, you can do that. If you like football, you can already do snake drafts. Uh, you download it from your app store. You can go to draft.com. When you sign up, use promo code grinders, get you a little ticket to play for free to test it out. Um, the customer service is top notch. Anytime I've ever had an issue, send them an e email. Uh, they take care of it uh, very quickly. Uh, so I encourage you to uh, go check it out over there. So I've got the three spot. Uh, I went pitcher first. This is a six man. I think we did eight the first time. So I think I'm going to switch up my strategy a little bit here. Get a, very, uh, very the playing field a little bit. I mean, yeah, with six pitchers, you're at worst getting Brad Peacock. Like that's pretty much it. It's all like, honestly, a draft, you pretty much have to know economics, like marginal benefit of taking this player versus this player. Uh, knowing that, yeah, well, this guy might score, like might be the highest scoring guy on the entire slate. Well, if the eighth best outfielder is pretty much just one point lower, well, if you dip, drop off from the third best infielder, the fourth one is five points. It's always something to keep in mind there. And of course, you went with bets, trying mm -hmm. to screw over the Boston stack. Oh, man, you got you almost had sale there, too. I should have, I, I thought about sale for a second, but I want some bats this time around. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you, you're at worst getting stuck with Peacock. I'm, he's been terrible this season, but I'm still a big fan of him. Um, and do I want to just let you have Kirsch? I'll be nice. You can have Kirsch out. Maybe. No, I want a Bregman. I can't believe I got Bregman at 2.5 the first time around. I can. I mean, everyone was going real heavy on uh, pitchers and that because they're more scarce with eight mans. With six mans, like I said, Peacock's the worst you can do. I got Kershaw again. What are you, are you playing? Are you using Kershaw on DFS tonight, right? Like I got, uh, I got sale. I think he's certainly worth it tonight. I think his matchup's pretty good. What, what else are you doing as starting pitcher tonight? I mean, up at the top, sale and Kersh. Um, when you're adding an upside, Boyd's not far behind. If you're adding volatility, Peacock's not far behind, um, knowing that he can potentially outscore any of those guys. What about complete games? Are you playing for complete games? I'm, I'm, I'm not really playing for complete games, I, I, but I will have quite a good amount of Hendricks. Hendricks is the guy in cash. Like, yeah. Hendricks has the easiest matchup with the best conditions, um, and he's a guy that already doesn't give up a whole lot of power, which is one of the big concerns in most on most days. Like, a lot of things people don't really look into as much is how ground ball pitchers are affected compared to fly ball pitchers with the new rules. I think that creates more upside with fly ball pitchers because just the batter's approach to them are, is completely different. Um, but ground ball pitchers, you don't see nearly as much blowups as you would with other pitchers. Yes, they can get a whole bunch of ground balls, but you're really more worried about doubles and line drives and home runs um, with the nowadays with pitching. So um, Hendricks is just like one of the safer guys to go with and – you're 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 in pretty good shape no matter what and the price is completely right yeah cheap pitching is a little funky tonight because it's 
It's like Brett Anderson, and then you got a huge jump up to Kyle Gibson. Uh, so I, you, you like to do some crazy things sometimes. Uh, you're, I think your reign is just viable from an ownership perspective because I think all the cheap, uh, all the cheap starting pitchers are going to go to Anderson, and then it's a, even a pretty big jump up to Kyle Gibson. So what are you doing kind of on the cheap end? I mean, if you really want to go ballsy in big field tournaments, Andrew Kasher is not a bad player. Just to get everything else, I mean, I understand it. I mean, so not only that, like, if Kasher has a good game, which is not out of the realm of possibility, he does it every once in a while. Um, like, if he has a good game, you're getting rid – you are automatically way, way ahead of 30% of the field. They're already off the board. Oh, yeah. Uh, Boston thing's gone. If they, Kashner did well, unless they blew up the bullpen, which is possible then you're just your your chances of winning are just drastically better than everyone else. It's that simple. Of course, he gives up five runs, then you're just that lineup's dead. Although seeing how Is well my few did last night, I can still cash with a minus nine for my pitcher in GP. Yeah, because he was fifty percent owned when you, the but Cashner's not gonna be fifty percent owned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is true. I mean I I still think I would I mean I I had a decent amount of Justin Turner, so I could have cashed with any pitchers, really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't do – I just did cash last night. It went well. But tournament scores, if you had, like, the Turner with Barrios and Fires, right, like, you just had, like, massive scores last night. You could have had. Oh, if you had Turner and Witt together, yeah. then you had 100 points right there, and you pretty much cashed. I'm going to take Cruz. I like my little six-man team here. Yeah, I – I'm not terribly happy with my team, but I'm not against it. You got boy, I like Boyd, Bregman, Springer, Brand. I mean, what, what else do you want? I mean, I wanted Correa. Well, Correa yeah, I stole him from you. Now, do you think I I round out my Houston stack or I go with Devers? Um, I think Devers is probably the right move. I'd probably take Justin Turner. Oh no, he's yesterday was more because he was facing a lefty, although. Freed was out within two innings. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think he had a, he had a home run off of three different pitchers, two of which were lefties. Um, all right, so that's that's sort of the draft show, guys. So if you guys were new, that's what it is. Uh, you can download it from your app store uh, on both Android and Apple, or if you want to do it old school from the computer, you can go to draft.com and you can play it through there. I will say I haven't been on the website in a while. I always do it through the app. Uh, you you like pre-draft and then do a bajillion of them all at once. Uh, that's how Grant likes to do. So if you want to play a lot of volume, you can set your pre-draft rankings and then you can kind of step away while still getting kind of your money in play using your picks against other players. Um, and while this show I think was much sharper than what I was playing earlier in the day, I will say uh, that the field certainly isn't as sharp as some of you guys on here today. So don't be afraid to kind of mix it up over on draft, play all the sports, basketball, hockey, golf. Um, you've got best balls for football. Let's do this. I got to make a, got to make a pick here. I think I saw a couple other, um, actually, no, I didn't on here. So Grant, I also want to say is if you're worried about like, obviously you play a bunch of GBPs over on DraftKings or you play a cash game lineup, you're going to lose either win a bunch of money or lose all your money. Um, on draft ownership isn't a thing because you can just, the only one person can take it. It's a great way to diversify a little bit. Obviously, mm-hmm. number one compared to number four, you can get a drastically different team. So it's a great way to get exposure to a lot more players and really limit your volatility there. 
um, just with any sport really. So if you, as long as you're just have a set rankings that you're good with and you can diversify really easily without actually sacrificing any ROI. I'm I'm looking, I've done a bunch of these best balls. I'm like, this might be one of my better best balls. I love this team here. I'm going to go ahead and take a wide receiver to close us out here. Um, it's looking pretty thin at the receivers. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead. Uh, they couldn't trade Aguilar. He's going to get some run this year. Um, yeah, lots of different ways to play on draft. Uh, if you like football, you can get your drafts in here. And again, for football, uh, I, I know they didn't used to have these. Uh, but for as little as a buck now, you can play 12-person slow drafts, and you can have a lot of fun on that. Uh, it used to be, I think, $5 was their lowest, but now you can play for a buck for 12 mans. I noticed that. Uh, so have some fun on there. Get on there. Start doing some baseball drafts, and uh, you can join Grant as one of the biggest power users on draft with 81,000-plus drafts uh, since the app was created. So uh, I think that's going to do it for the show. You got a hot take, a regular DFS, a player, a pitcher, some a team, something you're really looking to key on tonight? Uh, I guess it's not terribly hot, but it's a great way to get off of, obviously, Houston and Boston is the Dodger stack is probably my favorite oh, yeah. stack. Forward. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, I like Minnesota a little bit, too, because uh, it's the home runs, and home runs generate a lot of fantasy points, and they hit a lot of home runs, so they hit a lot of home runs uh, with a couple guys on. Uh, a lot of easy ways to score some points. So I'll take some Minnesota as a little bit sneakier stack tonight. Uh, that's going to do it for the draft show. Uh, thanks to everybody for watching. Don't forget also on Friday, uh, I'm going to be on with Chris Gimino. Oh, we're going to show you how to use lineup HQ, uh, kind of the best way possible. We've always got some new settings behind the scenes. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to be live, but if they are, we will show you that, show you how to limit your player pool, how to make tournament lineups for different type of contests and how to think a little bit more critically about what you're actually doing with lineup HQ and hopefully help you use it a little bit, a bit better. So that's going to be early in the afternoon on Friday, and it will also be available on demand uh, for you guys to watch it in case you're unable to make that. So uh, keep an eye out on that for Friday. Uh, Grant, thanks for coming on. I'm Britt, and we out ya. Thank you. What's going on, golf addicts? Welcome to the Roto Grinders PGA DFS Sherpa Show. I'm David Barnett of the Tour Junkies. Pat Perry is waiting to give you his favorite picks and a fade, sleeper, etc. It's really late. We've had a long night. We just finished the podcast. It's actually a pretty good one. I know it's the Byron Nelson. Nobody's truly all that excited about it. Um, the PGA Championship, the second major of the year, Tiger's return is next week. That'll be a heater. Be sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click the thumbs up, all that good stuff. We would appreciate it. But nonetheless, we're here for the Byron Nelson, and uh, you know, Fantasy Draft is still running some contests, so get in while you can. Make a little bit of extra cash for the PGA next week. Uh, we're, playing the we're playing the golf tournament at Trinity Forest Golf Club, or, or near Fort Worth. Now, here's what you need to know. Trinity Force is a par 71, uh, core Crenshaw design, Bermuda grass. 
longer golf course, around 7,400 yards, massive wide fairways, massive greens with a lot of undulation. The primary defense of this golf course is wind. Now, the forecast is a big deal here. There is some rain projected uh, later in the week on Saturday as well as Wednesday right before the tournament kicks off, and I think that's going to make a difference. We talked about it on the Tour Junkies podcast. You need to pay attention to last-minute tweets, uh, emails. uh, We'll be in the Discord chat room on Wednesday night because weather is always a factor in Texas, and that's where we're at this week. You need to pay attention. For now, here's some picks we like. Number one, Keith Mitchell, I don't care, as chalky as it may be, at $15,500, Keith Mitchell is as good as it gets right now. I think he has a chance to really win this event. He finished T3 here last year at the uh, first time around Trinity Forest. He's in great form. He continues to play well with another top 10 this past week at the Wells Fargo. He's an incredible scorer. I think DraftKings points is going to be a big deal this week. Aaron Wise won this event uh, last year, finishing 23 under. So you're going to have to make birdies and eagles and get those points racked up over on Fantasy Draft, uh, and Keith Mitchell can do that for you. Next, dropping down a little bit at 14-4, I'm going to go with a Texas native, a guy that played golf, college golf in Texas, Ryan Palmer. Now, he missed the cut here last year, barely, okay? But he's in way better form this season. He just won the Zurich Classic with partner John Rahm, and believe it or not, he actually contributed, which is kind of crazy to think about. But if you look at the stats, man, he is first in strokes gained approach over the last 24 rounds. He's 13th in points scored over that same period. Uh, he's hitting his irons really, really well, which is key here. You've got to hit your irons well into these large greens. Everybody can just about hit the fairway. It's all about those irons, and Ryan Palmer right now is dialed in. Plus, if the golf course gets the rain that we expect and it softens up, it's going to cater more to those long hitters. That's Ryan Palmer. He hits it a long way. He's aggressive. He can score. I like it. Before I give you my final pick, we're going to hear from Pat. What you got, buddy? What's up, golf addicts? Pat Perry here for the Sherpa Show for the AT&T Byron Nelson Classic. Ready to get going for this week. You know, we got kind of the calm before the storm at Beth Page Black for the PGA Championship that's coming up. Excited about that, but I'm ready to talk about Byron Nelson, and we're going to start, as always, with the fade of the week. And for me, that is going to be Patrick Reed just cannot stand him in a lot of ways. Uh, I don't mind uh, the fact that he has my name. Uh, That's about the only thing I like about him. And I don't like him this week either. Not going to take him. Look, the guy just really hasn't been in great form. I know he flashed a little bit at the Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow. But, you know, when you look at his last couple starts, you know, maybe top 35 finishes, that's not where I want my guy who's priced uh, as one of the highest priced guys this week. Not, Not liking it at all. And then you look at the stats. He's 93rd in the field in strokes gained off the tee. He's 99th in opportunities gained, which is a scoring stat we like to look at. And this is going to be a birdie fest this week. You have got to score. He's not checking the box there. Also, we got huge greens at Trinity Forest. I mean, huge. So you got to hit them in the right spots if you want to give yourselves opportunities. So proximity to the hole is something I'm looking at. He is 136th in the field. That is near the bottom, okay? Near the bottom. That is not any good. 
So, I am not liking any part of Patrick Reed in my lineups this week on Fantasy Draft at 15-6. Just too high a price for old guy Patrick Reed. Now, the bone play this week is going to be Mark Leishman, also at 15-6. So, if you want a guy in that price range, go with Mark Leishman. He's been playing pretty well. This is a perfect course for him. He was second last year, so the first time they played Trinity Forest, he finished well, solo second. I like where he is as far as the stats are concerned. I mentioned opportunities gained. He's 13th in that stat. He's also 10th in proximity, and he's 9th in ball striking. So checking all of the boxes, I love some Mark Leishman. He will be the bone play of the week. The flyer play, I'm probably going to get his name wrong, and let me just tell you, I'm going deep, very cheap this week for the flyer play, and that is going to be Jim Nose. Yes, the graduate from the Colorado School of Mines, not mime, like a, a mime, no, mines, like you're, you're, you're digging in a mine, you're coal mining. That is where Jim Nose graduated from, but you know what? He's also checking boxes. He's 36th in the field in ball striking. He's 32nd in birdie or better percentage. He's also 38th in proximity. And he's in good form. He's made three straight cuts, including a top 13 finish at the Wells Fargo just last week. He's made eight of 14 cuts on tour this year. So you know what? Why not take a flyer on a guy that cheap who has a good chance to make the cut and who knows, maybe even get to a top 25 finish. So there you go. The fade this week is going to be Patrick Reed. The bone play is Mark Leishman. And our flyer play is going to be Jim Nose at 11-7 on Fantasy Draft. There you go. David, who you got is your flyer play. And do you have any final thoughts this week for the AT&T Byron Nelson Classic? All right. Thanks, Pat. Here's the question I'm going to pose to you to leave in the comments. We'd like to ask you a question every week. Who is the highest-priced golfer on Fantasy Draft that you're going to play? You know, you could definitely go the balanced approach here. I think the balanced approach is going to be a little more popular. But as always, I like to play a little bit of a studs and duds strategy over on Fantasy Draft as they do drop your lowest-scoring player. So who's the highest-priced guy you're going to play? That's what I want to know. Put that in the comments. We're going to read it. We'd love to chat. In terms of a scrub play, I think Adam Shank is as much of a lock as it gets. He's at 12400 He's a cut-making son of a gun. He just finished tied for 12th or 13th at the Wells Fargo last week. He's only $12,400 on Fantasy Draft. He's fifth in strokes gained approach over the last 24 rounds. The irons are dialed in. He's scoring DraftKings points. He's a rookie on tour having a really great year. And he actually played here last year and made the cut. He didn't finish great. I think he finished in the 50s or 60s, but he he made the cut. He played well. Uh, I think Adam Schenck is about as solid of a cut maker as you can get down there in the $12,000 range. So there you go. That is the Roto Grinders PGA DFS Sherpa Show. We will be back, like I said, next week for the PGA Championship. It's going to be a good time, a great week. May your screens be green. Thanks for watching. See ya. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
going on rotor grinders dean here it's dean 7904 if you want to get all technical i mean it's five o'clock on the dot on the east coast two o'clock on the west coast four o'clock tennessee time which of course means it's time for the flagship show here at rotor grinders it's called grinders live it's sponsored by fantasy draft joining me today live from canada where i believe it's actually a uh, five o'clock there well they have different uh, time zones as well and your specific time zone pepsi don't worry i won't give the exact gps location if people want to hunt down you got many fans out there, of course. What's up, Pepsi? How's uh, how's hump day treating you? Yeah, it's going pretty well. Yeah, it's, it's it's just that great time of season. The Raptors are winning, hockey playoffs are flowing. We got a baseball slate. It's just it's a great time of year to be alive, Dean. The weather finally is starting to look better after uh, after three years of winter we had here in Ontario. So it's uh, things looking up, man. I'm excited. I was told winter is coming. It's not coming. It came. And it finally went, but it was here a long time, long time. We actually thought we were part of Winterfell for a while there. <laughs> uh, and you did mention as far as the weather. We do have weather lurking tonight in uh, in Colorado. And, uh, you know, who knows how, if that game's going to go or not. Earlier, uh, we had Kevin Roth, of course, the chief meteorologist here at Rotor Grinders. Uh, again, this is in the morning time. He had Colorado and San Francisco as a red. Red is bad. Red is scary. Uh, he suspects there's going to be a decent chance at a postponed announcement, of course, he will update that throughout the day. Things may change. We are not weathermen. We don't play them on TV either or on the interwebs, either way. Uh, but as of right now, I'm working on the operation on the assumption that's not going to play. Uh, that's sort of where I'm at, Pepsi. By the way, this is our first time doing a show in a while. You know why? <laughs> what happened last time, Pepsi? <laughs> yeah, you slept through it. So, uh... I mean, yeah, some would say, yeah, I mean, it kind of sort because there was a time change. You can't give me a time change like three hours before the show starts while I'm sleeping. You know yeah, that, that makes it difficult, but uh, it seems when you wake up at 10.20 Eastern for a 10 o'clock show that you probably slept through it anyway. Well, it was bumped ahead like a half hour, an hour or so or something like that. And I was up, uh, I was up the night before crunching all the numbers and I was up like five, six o'clock in the morning or so for real. Uh, and I thought I had like the slate master. I'm like, I, I'm all over the slate. I entered a bunch of lineups before I went to sleep and and I'm like, well, I could just wake up and be ready to go 10, 15 minutes before the show starts. And then I wake up and I see, like, Crane is yapping. And you betrayed me. You're on a show with Crane, uh, who's happy because the his St. Louis Blues are 
and the we don't want to see Crane uh, happy. That, it's always fun to watch, you know, game seven, you know, next goal wins, next goal moves on. You know, it's what's more exciting than that in all of sports, Pepsi. That's good times for sure in the game seven as well. Do want to say, though, you did mention the Raptors. You're just a front runner now because you you don't like the Raptors. You can't name me three Raptors, can you? I'm not a huge basketball fan. I'm not going to lie. Hockey comes first. Baseball is, is tied with hockey likely there. And so not a lot of time for basketball. I never really was an NBA guy growing up for some reason. Certainly a lot more popular here now that, you know, the Raptors are in Toronto and Toronto's winning and every city likes a winning team. And Toronto's very much so like that as well. We are diehard Leaf fans. No matter how bad our hockey team is, we are all about the hockey team. But in terms of basketball or baseball, when we're winning, we're there. When they're not, not so much. So it's not really a great um, sports city in that regard. But um, yeah, I'm cheering for the Raptors. I admit I'll jump on the bandwagon here and, and, and watch them throughout the playoffs and, and hope to do something. I mean, the Maple Leafs aren't on. What else am I doing? I noticed you dodged my question, by the way. That was, that was a good filibuster. I said, name three Raptors. You wanted a whole tangent about, uh, you know, you gave, basically gave me the history of the, the city of Toronto. So uh, <laughs> you got to know your brother, though, right? Your brother's out there running point. Yeah, where's my number, too? So, uh, yeah, that's all right. And Kawhi Leonard was uh, unbelievable the other night there. So that was uh, easy. You? Now you're just showing off, man. But he's an unrestricted free agent, correct? Kawhi is? Yeah, don't, don't get too close to him because he's probably going to ditch you guys. Yeah. Is he and Durant going to end up in New York or something crazy? Is that what's going on here? The speculation is Kawhi most likely on L- in L.A., uh, Durant potentially in New York, maybe maybe Brooklyn. So it's not like we could land Kawhi and Durant up here in the north, could we? Would they have, does anybody want to come to Canada? No, that's we, Toronto's a, yeah, that's the thing. Toronto's a fun city, but I don't think it's a high on the priority list for a lot of people. And I don't think Kawhi wanted to go there in the first place when he was traded from San Antonio. So uh, who knows? You know, it, but speculation is, uh, you know, certain cities just harder to draw uh, free agents in basketball. And you can't, like, outpay them. That's not how it works in basketball. It's just max contracts, basically. So uh, oh, you're probably I should add, add Pau Gasol. How about that? Jeremy Lin with my Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard. So there, there's four Raptors. You only wanted three. Are you Googling? Or like, no, you? I'm not Googling. I'm just saying they're pretty easy ones. We just traded for them. So the names are there. But uh, there, there's four Raptors for you. Get to know Pascal Siakam. When the Kawhi ditches him, he's going to average like 80 fantasy points per game next year. He's going to be amazing. He's the one I keep watching and being impressed by, but can never remember to spit his name up for some reason when you ask me that question, which you ask me once a week to name three Raptors, it feels like. Yeah, he's going uh, he's gonna get the most improved player in the NBA, I think. So there you go. He's been awesome this year. Hey, can Houston actually beat Golden State? I mean, everybody likes Golden State, I guess, but are we at the point now where Golden State, anybody but Golden State now? Is that where NBA fans are at? I mean, well, I mean, Houston can beat them. It's a, it's a three-game series now. I don't think they will, but they can. And, like, I suppose you could argue – that like you know Durant's got to split out the door. Clay's a he's a free agent too, for what it's worth. But I suspect they'll stick around. Uh, like despite you know the whatever potential turmoil we maybe go on in Golden State, they're still better than everybody else. And in basketball, when you're better than everybody else, especially in a seven game series, you're almost always going to win it. But it's possible uh, they got to be on the right side of three point variance. The people want to talk baseball in the chat for sure. Pepsi. Do they yeah. see a lot of basketball talking here? I, I, you didn't answer my question, though. I'm, I'm curious, and obviously the chat will probably help answer this as well. In NBA, is it kind of anybody but Golden State, or do people still like Golden State? Well, you're saying that people like them. Is that your question? Yeah, like is it, as an NBA, uh, me watching the playoffs, I'm like, okay, Golden State, you've had your run. I'm bored with that. I'd like to see something different there. So it's like anybody but Golden State I'm okay with. Is that kind of like the theme or the people? Still I don't want know. To I don't think there's a general consensus. Let's ask the chat. I don't see, I don't have a read on that. Like I, I'm not the kind of person who just like loves or hates teams. I just, I just don't really, that's not really me necessarily, but uh, I'm curious to see how that is because 
yeah, people love Golden State uh, before. And, uh, people don't like Durant. Uh, Durant is not uh, liked by a lot of people. I think he kind of like just lacks on the Golden State and just basically, uh, I don't want to say bought himself a championship, just kind of, he essentially just joined Golden State to get himself a ring. Uh, people would say yeah. the lazy way out, which is a, it's a whole other conversation and I don't begrudge him for it, but uh, they would suggest that it's tainted. But let's see if the chat thinks uh, that they like Golden yeah, State. So far it's been negative for Golden State. If people have said nobody likes them, a couple of guys said anybody but them works for me. I guess maybe there's not like a strong hatred, nor, nor am I suggesting that. I just feel like, you know, after a team kind of wins a couple, I, I imagine most people just want to see something different. At least that's kind of the way I feel in all sports anyway. I think the Heat team, uh, you know, the, the, their sort of big three was more disliked than this Golden State big three. Well, talk about buying a championship. That's what they all kind of did, right? Let's all go here, win a ring or two, and leave, right? Well, they wanted to play in Miami. Who wants to, they wanted to live in Miami. That was the most important thing, right? Living up in Miami with the, with D Wade and uh, Bosch and LeBron, and now I'm just. You know, I'm living in, living in the past with, with that reason. Of course, these days in Miami, it's pretty mediocre. Uh, yeah, so Pepsi moved an eight-game – I'm sorry, a nine-game slate tonight that may turn into an eight-game or game. Keep an eye as far as that Colorado game. Uh, do also want to mention we're going to give a peek as far as our premium a little bit later on in the show. We always do that. Uh, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Uh, like, like the baseball show. We've not talked baseball for the first eight minutes of the show. We appreciate that. We will talk strictly baseball, Pepsi, the next 51 minutes and change before we step aside. Get out of here and make way for crunch time. Um, yeah, so, uh, oh, yeah. Also, if you guys are going to be asking questions questions there in, in, in YouTube, well, you know, Devin, D-Train, Dev, as some of the people call him, some of his closer friends call him Dev. Uh, what will happen there is uh, you ask the questions, so copy, he'll paste them, we'll throw them in the, uh, the Rotor Guys chat. We'll have, I don't know, 10-ish minutes, give or take, Pepsi, depending on how yappy we may or may not be. And we've been yappy <laughs> so far. We've been off the charts as far as yappy, but it's not a full game slate. Uh, we'll save as much time as possible for as many questions we can fit in before we step aside and get out of here. And one more thing, Pepsi, before we dive in this slate, did want to mention, uh, we always talk about lineup HQ. Sometimes we feature it on our, uh, our premium peak and like some of the stuff is free. Some of the stuff isn't free uh, on Friday, one o'clock East coast time. Uh, that's not Tennessee time. That will be noon, but Toronto time. It's one o'clock. Britt Devine and Jermino. Jermino will be up from his nap. Uh, they're going to show you guys how to work lineup HQ, how to build lineups on lineup HQ, how to import lineups, how to build 20 lineups. Uh, if you want to partake in such a thing, I know Pepsi, you're, you're the kind of guy you like to hand build your lineups, don't you? Yeah. I like to, I still like to get the feel for them. And, uh, now I'm, I'm mostly only doing five or six laps a night. That's kind of where I've been for hockey and so far in baseball. So back in the day when I was building, you know, 20 plus, uh, that would have come in really handy lineup headquarters and then watching a video by Britain. And Jamino sounds like a great idea. And I, I might tune in and check it out as well, just because I might get there at some point. But I'm enjoying doing my five or six laps and building them myself more so than I am just kind of doing what you do and getting 10% everybody and letting them build. So what I, are you I, doing? Why are you feeding that that narrative? That's not true, man. Oh, I'm sorry. I, just, I thought that was a thing. That's definitely not a thing. That's totally not true. I usually have a pretty concise player pool, especially when it comes to pitchers. Uh, the pitchers tonight, Pepsi. Uh, you know, earlier in the year, people were frightened, frightened about Chris Sale. He was kind of up, kind of down. The velocity's down. Uh, how do you feel about – he's, you know, the clear-cut name, the clear-cut arm tonight, taking out a Baltimore team that's not particularly good either. Uh, the velocity hasn't been there, but the Ks have been there for what it's worth. Um, Chris Sale, are we locking and loading here as far as – at least from a cash game perspective? Absolutely. I mean, you know, velocity can be overrated, and Chris Sale's proven that right now. Everybody thinks, okay, hey, six innings, 10 Ks versus the White Sox. He's back. But if we go back and start before that, we saw that he also uh, struck out uh, – what he struck out in the game before that? I'm thinking it was Tampa Bay, struck out eight. And then Detroit, the one before that, he struck out ten as well. So he's kind of been there three straight starts. We just got maybe 
maybe we just overreacted a little bit to the loss of velocity. Then he got beat up a little bit early on because he wasn't quite, at least his arm wasn't quite in baseball shape because he was a little bit behind from spring training. But we've actually seen three really good starts from him with big time case upside there. Uh, the potential, again, is there today to do what he did last week, too, because, you know, Baltimore is awful. Um, yeah, they've been a little pesky. This is still a terrible offense. They strike out a ton. I believe, what, 27.3% this particular lineup strikes out versus lefties. And I, I think we can see similar results to what we saw with the White Sox. Six innings, 10 Ks. Would I be surprised if he went seven and struck out 12? No, I mean, he's the guy tonight. Uh, in cash games, he's an absolute lock. You want to start with your SP1 there. And in GPPs, I mean, it's pricey, and maybe you want to get some expensive offenses out there, you know, Houston, the Dodgers, Boston, of course. But, you know, I don't think anybody can match his upside in GPPs either. So I'm going to have plenty of exposure to him in all formats. Yeah, maybe we'll show that in the screen share. I'm pulling up the, the plate IQ as far as sale versus Baltimore. And to no surprise, <clears throat> uh, everybody pops from a K perspective outside of Alberto. But besides Alberto, I mean, we're looking at guys that are all in the red, all in the pink, 27.9%. As far as the K percentage, like you mentioned, uh, it's not a huge sample size for, for Wilkerson. He's at 48%. Obviously, that'll go down. But still, uh, you know, he, he's not uh, he's not somebody that we should be afraid of to an extent. Only one lefty, for what it's worth. He really gets to pick on lefties. Good luck there, Smith. I don't think it's going to work out for you. Uh, as far as this year for Chris Sale, we're talking about uh, the, the K rate is down 26.9%. The swinging strikes aren't that great necessarily, either 12.1%. But like I said, the matchup's too good. Uh, the price is pretty fair. And hey, if you pull up the uh, – what was I on before? I was just in the lineup HQ. You know how they give the plate IQ premium scores? Uh, so the top guy today is Chris Sale, no surprise. But he's a, he's ahead of everybody else by at least eight points uh, as far as the the, the, premium, the plate IQ premium score. Um, can you give me a sales pitch for not pitching him in tournaments? Hmm. I guess it comes down to seller. If you just want to double stack, you know, expensive teams that like, you know, Boston and Houston, I mentioned the Dodgers, you could go down to maybe a Hendricks and a Gibson, a couple of guys, in the mid tier, good matchups, I guess, and, and hope that sale is just average six innings, six K's is up a couple of runs and you hope the bats win it, I guess, but uh, it, it's tough. I'm not sure I'm going that route. I might try that in a couple of matches for fun, but really, you and I both talked pre-show about the fact that we're not really in love with any particular team or stack today. So you got to start with the guaranteed points. And we believe that Chris Sale is the guaranteed points. I guess if you had an extreme hitters umpire as well, if you're into that, I didn't check that information just yet on, on hitting umpires and what kind of umpire that Sale had. I guess that would be another. Neutral. Go somewhere. Is it neutral? Yeah. So, um, yeah, for me, again, unless you're just loading up bats and trying to have some fun and let the bats win the slate, uh, I think you're really going to start with Sale off let's see we had an extreme hitters umpire in cores today for what it's worth again that game is currently red according to roth uh, a couple more that'll pop that maybe we'll talk about later on the show during the premium share there's about three or four games that have extremes one way or the other uh one that's kind of interesting too as far as uh, in my favor as far as an sp2 i'm looking at i think the most popular sp2 is going to be kyle hendricks would you agree with that yeah i mean you know complete game of shutout last time out um, this is a guy who keeps on the ground, great control, doesn't, you know, let anything hurt him, doesn't walk people, doesn't really get in a whole lot of trouble. And I guess the Miami team, that's certainly going to help him out here. We got the wind blowing in too. Are the K's going to be there? That's the question. I think as an SP2, you know, is a great play, especially in cash, because you're going with sale, you're getting the K's, which you want is some, some security, some safety as your SP2 in cash. And Hendricks is going to provide that. The quality start seems like a lock. He's going to generate a few K's. You know, if he goes six, 
he likes to get three, four, maybe five Ks. That's good enough for you. Uh, perhaps you don't have to go that route in GPP. It's just because A, Hendricks will be choppy, chalky, sorry. And B, you know, the fact that the Ks aren't necessarily in his repertoire and Miami is a team that's striking at a ton, but we know at some point we think those Ks will come down a little bit. So perhaps you want to find maybe some more striker potential at GPP and, and just to kind of pivot off of him. But uh, like Sale, as an SP2, Hendricks could be the guy that he used the most in all formats tonight. Yeah, like a lot of times when you have like a, a pitcher that gives up two or three runs or so in the first inning, it's hard for them to recover because the way to recover from that is to pile up the Ks and Hendricks is that way a guy that can do that. Like we saw the other night, a couple starts ago, Scherzer gave up three runs in the first and it's like, well, well, there goes his night and he totally salvaged it because he never gave another run and he struck out like nine dudes and Hendricks is probably not going to strike out nine. Uh, now, it is nice to see uh, O'Brien in the lineup. That guy, a lot of power from O'Brien, but he strikes out a ton. Alfaro, plenty, plenty of strikeout ability too. Granderson as well. So, there are some guys that will strike out in this lineup. No Martin Prado, which is a positive, because that dude does not strike out at all. Uh, so this is kind of the lineup you want if you're, if you're rolling out Hendricks. Of course, Hendricks uh, has less Ks than the average pitcher, 19.4% strikeouts in the last two seasons. That's not particularly good. Uh, as far as the run prevention perspective, uh, WCR, uh, the, the WRC plus their Pepsi, uh, 100. That, that's the baseline. Uh, and it also has nothing to do with ballpark. They take ballpark out. So you can't say, well, the Marlins hit the tough, ball, tough ballpark. That is adjusted. 100 is the baseline. If it's 90, you're 10% worse than the average team. If it's 110, you're 10% better than the average team. What do you think the Marlins' WRC Plus is this year versus righties? I'm going to say it's awful, and it's uh, it's the worst in baseball. It is the worst in baseball, and that's, again, a great job not actually, not actually answering the question. <laughs> you know what? I was actually digging into the uh, umpire data for uh, – for Hendricks, who has a neutral umpire, by the way, just because I was thinking about that as you were rambling on with your nonsense there. But uh, I, was giving, I was giving stats and figures. I was dropping dimes. What are you talking? I was like Lillard over here. What do you mean? Yeah, that was a- generally nonsense when you're rambling on there, putting people to sleep there. But so the point of this is the Marlins offense is awful, right? It is awful. Um, 68, by the way, was the correct answer if you guys are scoring at home. Uh, actually, and if you want to do, uh, I should be more precise and click the old active roster. I think it's slightly better as far as their active roster, 72. So they're 28% uh, for the active roster, 28% worse than the average team versus righties when adjusted for the ballpark. Uh, for, for what it's worth, I pulled up a uh, – where's Roth's weather tool at? Because I, the weather is not as bad there today uh, as it has been the last few days, according to Ross' uh, weather tool. Love this tool, by the way. It's free if you guys have premium that comes with it. <clears throat> I believe you can get it a la carte as well, too. Uh, I'm currently scrolling and trying to find it, but I know I took a peek earlier. It's constantly refreshing uh, depending on how the, uh, whatever the current weather situation happens to be there. But right now in Chicago, uh, Pepsi, according to the last uh, 28 uh, games previously have had very, have had similar weather conditions in those 28 games, home runs up 11% runs up 16.6% ERA up 21.4%. So Obviously, uh, today's pitching environment, not as good as it was yesterday. And actually, uh, it suggests a little bit better hitting environment than the average game would be in, in, uh, in Chicago. So there's an argument against Hendricks as well, too, I suppose. It's also an argument for Cubs batters. We talk about hitters. Maybe uh, get yourself some Anthony Rizzo in your, in your life or something like that. Uh, I know me and you both, we like Kyle Gibson to some extent. We want to pick on your Blue Jays. I do. And, and, you know, you see that Blue Jays lineup mode, it's terrible. Vi Guerrero not in the lineup. Teoscar uh, Hernandez not in the lineup there. And uh, it's just it's just an ugly lineup. This is just not a good offense. And we know that, you know, we can get to give some a little more so with lefties, but 
these are not lefties to be afraid of. Sogar, Gallus, or Galvis, sorry. Uh, Talese is not hitting. Uh, Socrates Brito, that's a fantastic name. This is not a batter we should be afraid of, though. Uh, it's still Billy McKinney, too, not really doing a whole lot there. So this is a lineup we can pick on. And I was looking at Gibson a little bit. I thought, eh, you know, if I get past five or six lineups as an SP2, maybe I'll go down there. But after digging into the numbers of Gibson some more, he's been pitching actually really well, almost near a Cape running. You know, uh, the win and quality start is certainly here now in this situation. Now look at that lineup, minus Vladdy. And just in general, how bad the Jays have been. I'm like, you know what? I kind of like Gibson now. And I like him as much as Hendricks in a GPP, knowing that he has more K potential there. So I think that Hendricks is definitely the safer playing cash. And I'll have some Hendricks also in GPPs. But I feel like I might just have just as much Gibson as Hendricks at this point now. And that's a Blue Jays lineup that is striking out 26.1% of the time. That's uh, pretty sexy, I think. Yeah, outside of a uh, nerd power, Eric Sogar leading off, which again, I love that Eric Sogar is a leadoff hitter <laughs> on, the, on the reg in 2019. Uh, the youth movement is on there in Toronto. Good job there, Toronto. Um, yeah, so everybody else. Thing, the, sorry to start, cut you there. Um, if you just go to this year in the uh, lineup headquarter tool on the Jays, they're striking out even more so. Uh, usually we use a couple of years sample size, which makes sense. But if you just go to this year alone, 27.7 Toronto which I believe is the highest uh, on the slate here for K potential. So as much as we like Hendricks and we like him a lot and he's very safe, you can save a little bit of money on Gibson and a lot more so even on Fandle. I believe he's $1,000 cheaper if you're looking to go cheap as your SP1. But um, yeah, you're getting a better value with Gibson and, and maybe more striking potential. So that's that's a pretty big reason to get off of Hendricks if you expect him to be chalky. Also, Gibson has himself, he took a peek as far as the lineup HQ. If you guys had a premium, you know, sure, why not? Uh, Hendricks, uh, Gibson has an extreme pitcher's umpire. Yeah. Um, he's not a big strikeout guy. He's basically league average, you know, 21.5% the last two years. Uh, but, you know, he should get, uh, in theory, uh, a, a bump, uh, you know, as far as space and all these Blue Jays that are strikeout heavy for sure outside of Sogard. Uh, Boyd's a big strikeout pitcher, but he's facing a team that doesn't strike out. Now, they're not very good outside of Mike Trout. He's kind of pricey. Boyd versus Kershaw. Kershaw, of course, is facing an Atlanta team that, you know, they just got CGSO'd last time, uh, last night, last, last night by Hunter Rio. <sighs> you know, Atlanta's not supposed to strike out a ton. Kershaw, of course, not the guy, you know, that he was three years ago. He's striking out guys around 25% or so, which is still fine, still above league, league average, but yeah. not what the name suggests. Um, what do you do with those two guys? It's really hard to play sale with Kershaw or Boyd. I guess the argument you got to make is like, tell me why I should play Kershaw or Boyd over sale in a tournament. Yeah, I won't tell you why. For me, I'm just not doing that. Again, I'm only at five or six lineups. I think if I got 10 plus, 20 plus, you start to consider those things just to have some pivots, be a little contrarian perhaps. But for me, I'm simply not doing it. The matchup's too good for sale. He's the best pitcher on the board. Uh, The strikeout um, rate is the best on the board here. And the matchup, obviously, for strikeouts is there too. Plus the wins there, the quarter starts there. He checks all the boxes. So I have no reason to go down when you're only getting a $200 in savings to a Kershaw, you know, and, and 900 to Boyd. I think Boyd right now, in terms of DFS, is a better pitcher than Kershaw. I still think Kershaw is great, but as you mentioned, the K rate's down. Atlanta's, you know, really pesky. Uh, they're a tough team to strike out to make a lot of contact here. So I think Kershaw can throw a gem. It's just not going to include a lot of strikeouts here. And I think that even though the Angels don't strike out a ton, Boyd's strikeout rate's been so good. And the, the Angels lack power and lack decent offensive ability that I think they'll still K a little bit here. So I think Boyd could still go six and strike out six. 
But, I mean, you know, Sale can probably hit double digits tonight, and there's no guarantee that Boyd's going to get a K printing in that matchup either. So, in terms of DFS, give the edge to Boyd. But to be honest with you, if you're playing only five or six lineups or less like I am, I don't have, I don't see a reason to get off of Sale for either Kershaw or Boyd tonight. Yeah, the argument is ownership. That's, that's basically the argument there. You're yeah. playing the ownership game. Uh, and how many times, if you, if you simulate it out 100 times, is, is Sale going to lose out to a guy like Kershaw or lose out to a guy uh, like Boyd? And, you know, I'm, I'm pulling up the ownership now. And, uh, you know, again, this is just projections, and it's always it's fluid. This will be changed up the lock, and uh, things will definitely change, especially from a hitting perspective. Tough job for Jamino tonight because uh, what if that Colorado game is scratched? Like, I'm not really sure how he's, he has that projected out, but I suspect if that Colorado game doesn't go, uh, those San Francisco and Colorado shares are all of a sudden going to turn into even more chalk from the Boston and Houston side. I think that's kind of where it's going to go, but uh, or maybe some Dodgers or something like that against Fulton Evich, who, by the way, egregiously priced. I'm not sure if you saw Fulton Evich's yeah. price, but it's it's pretty hilarious. You cannot roster him. As far as the K perspective, like you said, Boyd, this year, 32% K percent backed up by a 15% swinging strike rate. And Kershaw, 27.8%, not bad, 12.1% swinging strike rate. Neither one has a great matchup from a K, uh, a, you know, perspective, but they both should be fine. Uh, Peacock got his face punched in last time out, like, like you would say. Do you suspect he bounces back tonight? I think he does a little bit, but, I mean, he has been the same pitcher at all this year, so it's not just about his last start. Also, Kansas City, not as bad as we thought they were going to be, and I avoided um, uh, McHugh against him last night. I originally thought I liked him as he dig into more of these Kansas City numbers. It's just not a hot streak for these guys. Kansas City's not striking out a ton. They're putting the bat in the ball. Uh, they can steal bases. They can run. They can hit home runs. Uh, they're a little scary of an offense right now. Again, the biggest concern is they're not striking out as much as they were earlier in the season. So this is not a team we have to pick on until Peacock kind of writes the ship here. Uh, this is a guy that I'm probably going to avoid in that range when for $200 cheaper, you can get Hendricks. And for 1000 almost, you can get Gibson. The guy maybe more so in his price range is uh, Tyler Skaggs is a guy that I actually prefer if you're looking that tier and you're looking for a pivot off of either Hendricks or Gibson. I think Skaggs is interesting. You know, you know above average pitcher, it's probably all he is is a good pitcher. Um, but I think he can go six and get a K printing versus Detroit. And uh, the win can be tough to come by because I think Boyd pitches well too here. But uh, we're less concerned about that in fantasy draft and on DraftKings here. So I think if you're in that tier, I give the edge to Skaggs. But Skaggs is still behind Hendricks and Gibson, to me, as an SP2. That Detroit lineup is pretty terrible, too. We're, we were talking pre-show. We were digging into Miguel Cabrera's contract. And, like, <laughs> he's contracted to play until he's at least – Chris Davis looks at his contract and says, boy, that contract stinks. Uh, it's, like, $30 million per year, up to he's, like, 40 years old. I think he's contracted up to at least 2023 or 2025 until finally there's an option where you can buy him out for $8 million bucks a year. It's really, really bad. I'm sorry, Detroit. And I love Cabrera. He was one of the most fun players to watch, like, in this last generation. I, I thought he was just – and you can tell he, like, has a blast out there, too. He has, he has a fun time with our players. And, but, like, it's just not happening. In this game, who's, who, which is the worst contract, Cabrera or Pujols? I mean, it's Cabrera's worse than Pujols, right? I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. know. He feels exactly the contract. But, I mean, at this point, I feel like – well, here's a question for you. If, okay, the rest of the season right now, money's yeah. not a thing. Who do you want in the lineup, Pujols or Cabrera? Oh, I got to dig into him a little bit more, I suppose. I, I, I'm pretty sure. Bad contracts. That's, you know, they basically way overpaid to get people to stay with them. And, you know, these 10-year, $300 million deals and guys are like in their early – it's just – it's dumb. Um, I'm, I'm sure St. Louis is perfectly fine with Pujols walking away when they did. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, actually, he, he declined almost immediately. But even if he had a couple MVP years in him, 
you don't have to eat these contracts. But thankfully for Detroit, they're in rebuild mode. And there's nobody on that line of making any money at all. So even though he's making, you know, what $30 million a year, it's not like they're over the payroll because who else is making any money in that team? The Angels are in tough because Pruos's contract route and they got, you know, very little room there. But Detroit, I mean, there's nobody on that team anyway. Yeah, you're paying for the first five years of that contract, not the back five. The back five years kind yeah. of accepting your eating, I suppose. That's just kind of how it works yeah. out. You mentioned Peacock, and Peacock's interesting because he faces a Kansas City team that, again, it's similar to uh, Toronto, where outside of the leadoff and everybody else strikes out a ton. If you fire up the old plate IQ, we're talking about uh, collectively 27.1% striking out versus righties. If you throw Merrifield out, it gets even higher. Um, now, that's kind of skewed by what Gore's in there at 50% because – you know, he's got a small sample size. He's obviously going to go down from that. Peacock, you know, his numbers last year, he popped like the last two years, 30.6% K percent, but he was pitching out of the bullpen. When you pitch out of the bullpen, your Ks are just going to be higher because you're throwing less pitches. You can go full force, full throttle. You don't have to think about, you know, going five or six. Uh, and that kind of shows as far as his Ks this year, where it's dipped all the way down to 20.5%. One more pitcher. Let's uh, throw it out for the, the narrow street people. What do you think of Sonny Gray going back to Oakland? Yeah, not much. I think he'll be fine. I don't want to roster Gray. I don't want to pick on Oakland. Um, you know, it, it, there's no discount whatsoever there either. So it's an interesting storyline, but one that I'm not too concerned about in DFS. That's it for pitchers. Give them like a, a one or two or three sentence summary. I mean, it's sale the top, you know, on a one pitcher site, you know, especially in cash games, it's all about Chris Sale. Um, same thing really in two pitcher sites. I think you've got to start with Sale there. There's enough value and multiple options in that uh, value tier um, that you can uh, certainly uh, make some different lineups and, and still use Chris Sale. Um, I don't have an argument for going from Sale to Kershaw or Boyd, and those are the other two pitchers that you might consider are supposedly elite tonight. So for me, it's all about Sale at the top. Again, unless you're making 10-plus lineups and you need to get off of them just to be a little different, I get that. But for me, less than 10 lineups, Chris Sale, 100% in cash and GPPs and two-pitcher sites. Um, and, you know, there's an argument to be made, though, on a, on a single pitcher site to go to a guy like Hendricks or Gibson to load up the bats. I guess you could also argue in Fantasy Draft or DraftKings if you want to have some fun and throw a couple of big laps out there, all the bats. Uh, I'm perfectly fine with the Hendricks and Skaggs or Hendricks and Gibson, something to that effect. But there's a big-time opportunity cost uh, with uh, not playing Chris Sale tonight because we know he's got that double-digit punch-out potential. And uh, Baltimore just awful. Uh, eight games tonight. It might get knocked down to seven. Keep an eye as far as what's going down in cores. I want to see if Roth updates it throughout the show. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he'll update his article. If nothing else, of course, Roth will be on later. He'll be on crunch time on premium all the way up the lock. Uh, and also you can ask your questions to the experts there. Uh, as many questions as they can fit in all the way up the lock. 45 minutes long, 715. Uh, oh, wait, what time is the, the first game tonight? Seven, 705. So they go from 615 to 705. That'll be 50 minutes. Good math there, Dean. Uh, oh, we're going to go around the horn in just a second, Pepsi, as far as our favorite plays at each position. Um, like the Baltimore number is suspiciously, I think it's a little low. Uh, and Ross weather tool is telling us it's not the greatest weather, weather environment in Baltimore. Of course, you know, you're facing Andrew Kastner, you're facing that bullpen, you're locked in for nine innings. So, I mean, Boston pops, Houston pops as well. I know they just, it's disappointed yesterday, but Jorge Lopez is certainly worth picking on this slate. Um, Give me a screenshot. Give me an overview. I think Betts was one of your favorite plays you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I mean, you know, assuming the Colorado game gets postponed, it looks like Raw, it's just updated. Um, so I can't necessarily read it right now, but if you guys are interested, he's just updated it. So you can head over to the weather report there on Rotogram to check out with Raw. Has to say about the game, so let's check that out after here. But um, 
I mean, if you're getting off of Colorado, the game in Colorado, you definitely got to go to Boston. I mean, picking an Andrew Castor never seems to work for us, which is why I'm not in love with the slate because the spots we can go to, similar with Houston versus Lopez, but I don't love picking on these guys. But I agree. It is Boston up top because Castro's not a good pitcher. He's a below-average pitcher. The bullpen is terrible behind him. They're on the road, as Dean mentioned. It's a great hitting environment there. Everything screams Boston should score the most runs on the slate. And Mookie Betts is your leader. He's your guy. He's, he's the best hitter. He's got jack and a bag upside each and every night. Um, and Castro's a guy that doesn't like to really attack hitters. We've seen him do it before, nibbling and willing to walk people and whatnot. And, you know, people have said if Betts is going to walk, he's not that valuable. I disagree. If you walk him three times, scores a couple runs, steals a bag, still a big night there. And, of course, he's going to see the bullpen at some point. So Betts is the top dog for me tonight just because he can get you points in so many ways if they do pitch around him tonight which, you know, Castro probably will do. Um, so Betts has to be number one. You could certainly make a case for J.D. Martinez. He's your GPP option or your cash game guy as well. But, again, I can see the same thing happening. So I like the fact that if Castro wants to walk everybody, Betts can steal bases, whereas J.D. is unlikely to do so. All right. I went ahead and took a peek as far as uh, Ross uh, update for the weather. And Devin also copied it and pasted it through it in chat. I actually threw the link, link in chat as well, too, if you guys want to see the weather for the entire slate. But Roth is kind of surprised. He's basically, I'm just kind of su- summarizing it on the fly, but he basically is saying he's uh, surprised they didn't postpone the game. It looks like they're going to give it an honest try to try to get it in. Uh, it's going to be cold and breezy and really, really crappy weather, according to Roth. He says, he stresses, they can play the game in theory. He just figured they wouldn't. Um, this, is, this is an in-division game too. So uh, if you want to do that math, it, there's a better – you have an easier chance of uh, making up a game against yeah. San Francisco as opposed to like it was the Yankees in there or something like that. As far as schedule-wise, for sure, San Fran's going to be back in Colorado at some point. Uh, he's going to update it, of course, later on tonight. There's still several hours, three, four, whatever hours it is until that you know, first pitch is scheduled. But uh, he says he was surprised it wasn't canceled yet, which suggests that Colorado is going to give it at least an honest try as of right now to get the game in. But uh, either way, if it does, even if it does play, it's going to be cold. But <laughs> potentially snow uh, and breezy as well. Uh, so uh, have a good time there, Colorado. Winter is coming for sure. <laughs> uh, catcher Pepsi, this is always a trick question on the roster one on fantasy draft, but DK requires it. They will not accept your lineup. Otherwise, uh, who do you have for me, catcher? Are we getting in and out as cheap as possible? What's the strategy here? Yeah, I think so. I mean, catcher's awful tonight. I mean, it's generally bad, but tonight it's extremely awful. I'm just looking to save some money. And I'm going to the to the highest uh, scoring offense, at least what we think will be the highest scoring offense. Uh, Max Dassey's pretty cheap. Uh, Sammy Leone's pretty cheap. And even Kirk Caselli um, hitting in that seven hole for Cincinnati. He's got some pop in his bat there. But really, I think if you're if you're if you're looking in cash, it's just about get the cheapest guy that fits. And if you're building tournament lineups, it's just you know whatever. If you're on Houston, you're on Boston. You use their catcher appropriately. But uh, and I guess you can make an argument for say a guy like Wilson Contreras. He's got some pop. It's a good matchup. He's probably the best catcher in terms of money not being a thing. But I just see no reason to pay $4,900 a catcher. I want to spend it elsewhere. So, um, you know, I guess that's your argument to be made that nobody's on. He's got a home run upside where the rest of these bombs, who knows. But as usual, I think it's save money and move on here. Yeah, I mean, for cash game, can't get there for a guy like Contreras. But I do like Contreras in tournaments for sure. The price, it's not just more expensive. It, like, seems overpriced for Contreras, uh, but I'm okay with that tournament because you don't really care about that. Uh, and I, I think the Cubs are kind of an interesting pivot away from Houston, away from uh, away from Boston. People the last few days have been shying away from that, that ballpark because of the weather, but 
Now it appears the weather has shifted to be a little bit more positive from a hitting perspective. Now it's not jumping off the page. The total is almost five, and Urania is not particularly good. So I can definitely see, you know, uh, a, a one through five stack. Or you know, I wish Schwarber was sitting a little higher in the lineup, but maybe he just bangs out his homer in the second inning as opposed to the first. Um, all right, that's it with catcher. Hit me up at first base. What do you have for me? I mean, Mitch Moreland's certainly an interesting option. He's a guy that I don't have to play when I'm doing Boston stacks, but the match is pretty good for him. Cody Bellinger's a guy, too. You mentioned the fact that you like the Cubs as a sneaky uh, stack. I think the Dodgers might get overlooked a little bit tonight. If Fulte's still not right, they've got a lot of lefties that can bash, and obviously Bellinger is your top guy. Outside of that, though, I'm looking to save some money. C.J. Crone's pretty cheap. Uh, Yuli Gurriel is also pretty cheap. And uh, Marlon Gonzalez, even eligible first base, you want to play in there. Uh, three cheap options. So more often than not, I'm probably looking for some value. And Gurriel is probably my favorite guy in terms of value in cash games. Yeah, first base isn't very good. Uh, and same Not sort of tonight, deal. No. I, I want it hasn't been good all year. I think it's I don't know what happened to all the good first base, but I think they're playing outfield or third base now. Not really sure what happened there. But remember you used to, like when we were growing up, first base that was the position, right? Yeah, it seems like the middle infield is a lot stronger this year. And first base and outfield to well, outfield's always good too, but it's it's not as deep as it used to be. But uh, for sure, you're right. First base hasn't been uh, great all year long. A lot of times we have this situation where we're punting a catcher and we're punting at first base. And I do agree. Like Bellinger, you know, he's had one of the you know him and Yelich are having the two best seasons so far. I suspect as far as numbers, uh, Yelich bang went out earlier today. I think he's number at number sixteen or so. Fifteen and a sixteen at home. I think that's what it is. Not that it matters. That game already played. We don't care. It's DFS. All we care about is tonight not this morning or yesterday or tomorrow, which is the same thing. Uh, Muncie's a little bit cheap from, from Bellinger. I don't mind him. Of course, you can play him both. Uh, you can play him both on DK and on uh, on fantasy draft because of multi-position eligibility and just the way you build your lineups on fantasy draft. You can have four first basemen if you want. Uh, keystone position, Pepsi. It's all yours. Altuve was too cheap last night. In theory, he didn't do anything. None of the Astros did anything. He's still too cheap, right? He is too cheap, especially on Fandle there. So Altuve is your top guy. Uh, Max Muncy, another lefty Dodger bat. You're going to see a few of those in my rankings here. I, I like the lefty Dodger bats here. And again, after those two, really, I'll, I'll go look for some value in Boston and Houston again. I'll be looking at Lednes Diaz, uh, Eduardo Nunez. Don't even mind Jonathan Scope, where he's cheap as well. Um, you know, so basically, a lot of my value today is going to come from the cheaper guys in Boston, Houston, and Minnesota. I got one for you uh, just to kind of make things work. I don't want to play him. Uh, former Cubby, Starlin Castro is just really, really, really cheap. Um, just, you know, if, if I can't get to Altuve, I might look to save some salary and roster uh, Starlin Castro, who's, what, 2-8 on DK. Uh, and on what fantasy draft, he's 5-9. Yeah, don't want to roster him, but there he is. He would have banged out a homer last night if it wasn't for the weather. couple, hey, uh, yeah, what's that? I was just going to say, batting 5-2, not a bad spot in the lineup. He's a, he's a fairly tough guy. I mean, I don't hate that, again, if you're – if you're rolling out a, a Chris Sale and a Hendricks lineup and, uh, you know, you need to save some money somewhere, I don't mind the idea of that. I also don't mind playing Castro versus Hendricks if it's a GPP either. All right. Uh, I'm stumped. Who's Josh Van Meter? I have no idea. Where are you seeing that? Josh Van Meter is apparently allegedly a person that's batting ninth tonight for the Reds. He's, he's 2.5K on DK. No, I see him there too. I know nothing about him, to be honest. I imagine he's not a top prospect. I would like to have thought I've heard of him if he was, but I don't know. I'll have to dig into that after the show here. Yeah, I'm going to try to see if I can pull up something on the fly. What a name, though, by the way. Uh, you know, Van, Van Meter. He's 5'11", buck 65, 24 years old. Well, I'll dig into this in a second. As, as you're, uh, you're going to give me a, a take as far as third base, what do you have for me in the hot corner? 
Yeah, it's probably Ellis Bregman at the top. Again, another Houston bat. You know, we like him versus Lopez. The Kansas City bullpen is not that good. You know, Kansas City is kind of overachieved maybe, or maybe they just better than we thought, but the bullpen is not. So certainly we can go after them with Astro bats here. Uh, also, Rafael Devers, again, Boston, same old, same old here. And um, Ulysses Guerriel, where he's third base eligible. Again, I'm going to continue to hit the value bats from these uh, top offenses here. Van Meter, drafted in the fifth round by the Padres. Let's see what uh, his Zips projection is in the majors. 346 uh, plate appearances, uh, seven homers, seven stolen bases. These are the projections of the majors according to Zips, which is a little bit of pop, a little bit of a little bit of stolen base ability out there. Eh, all right. I mean, well, he's 2.5K. <laughs> That's all you need to know, right, I suppose. Terrible ballpark, obviously. Uh, I, I, this might be his major league debut as he played. Oh, he said forward bats. There you go. Was it again? Josh Vandelay? Was it Vandelay? Vandelay Industries. Vandelay Industries. Right. Josh <laughs> Vandelay Industries. Interesting. Yeah. He used to work in textiles. <laughs> and you want to be my latex salesman. Um, no, it's John Van Meter, apparently. But uh, all right. Josh. <laughs> Give me some shortstops. Uh, I just did that, actually, while you were looking and digging into that. So we're going to go to outfield here now, Dean. No, hold on. You gave me third base. You didn't give me shortstop. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I oh! <laughs> Pepsi, I you know what? Here I am thinking that uh, you're falling asleep on me yet again. And really, it's me that's having the nap this time. Shortstop. Okay, it's the same old, really, for me. I know I'm kind of bore you. Bogarts and Correa. We're going Boston, Houston again. Uh, Corey Seager. Hitting the ball a little better. Looks a little better at the plate right now. Line drives. More line drives. Having better bats, too. Again, another lefty dodger bat. And Jorge Polanco is a guy that I think flies under the radar tonight. A lot of these twins bats probably will. I know Thornton's been pretty good, but we don't know exactly what he is. He does allow a lot of fly balls and hard hits. The Jays bullpen's awful. The hitting environment's pretty good. So I think the twins are kind of sneaky tonight. And Polanco's a guy that's not always that popular when you're stacking twins. You know, you're going to see Rosario, Kepler, Cruz. So Polanco's a guy that's interesting if you're looking for a shortstop pivot. Jump to the outfield. We want the, 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 they want to hear some – they want to knock out their questions soon enough. Let's, let's try to get as many questions in as possible. Let's entertain the chat. Let's have a good time with that. So uh, I'm not going to throw in my shortstops. So I basically agree with everything you said anyway. It will just, it'll just be redundant. Uh, give me some outfielders here, Pepsi. Uh, Boston leads the way. Bats, Martinez, Ben, and Tendi. Love them all here tonight. Uh, you know, you can go to Springer and uh, Brantley, of course, in uh, Houston. Uh, the lefties, uh, Jock Peterson and uh, in um, L.A. And, again, I talked about the Minnesota bats. Cruz, Kepler, Rosario. I really like Minnesota's a sneaky stack tonight as well. Marlon Gonzalez, even you could throw in there where he's outfield eligible. He's quite cheap. Uh, JBJ, also quite cheap. If you're looking uh, for a couple of punts there. too expensive, man. Have you seen it? He's so frustrating. I keep rushing. I get it, but you need some value if you're loading up yeah. with pitchers. So you also need some value always, but Boston, Houston, LA, the teams we like are expensive. So JBJ, Marwin Gonzalez, some cheap outfield help. Even Josh Reddick, a little too cheap on FanDuel, are interesting options. And then I got to ask you, Dean. Yeah. I got Trout on my list. I'm not big on him just because I prefer to go to Boston, Houston, LA, and whatnot. It's hard to do that and then get Trout. Plus, Boyd has been fantastic, but it's still Mike Trout with the splits in his favor. Yeah, I mean, you can always play, play Trout in a tournament, and I, I can. Uh, I don't have the ownership projections in front of me, and maybe that's what we'll take a peek at as far as some ownership projections. We can do that and we share the screen in just a second. Um, I, I imagine he's going to be lower <clears throat> than all the Houston guys, that, uh, you know, all the big names in Houston, all the big names in Boston. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you can get Mike Trout on a short slate, potentially only seven games at like, I don't know, 15, 20% owns, maybe that's even too ambitious. <clears throat> also, uh, he's locked in for 
nine innings. So like if Detroit, uh, if LA has a pretty good hitting game, you know, gets a collection of 10 hits and walks and yada, yada, yada uh, errors, he gets his five at bats. That fifth at bat is precious, of course. I don't mind, you know, of course, he's got to be in your tournament pool. I mean, if nothing else is a one-off. Atani's back, which is nice, but I'm waiting for him to face a righty. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's interesting, but it's not quite the matchup there here. Uh, we've got a question about um, the umpiring in Detroit, Dean, so I'm just going to answer that while you kind of filter through and figure out where you're going next here. Extreme hitters umpire. Ooh. Wagner is the uh, umpire in Detroit. So, you know, I kind of mentioned Skaggs being an interesting pivot there. Not that I would get off of him, but he still ranks below Hendricks and Gibson uh, because of that two extreme hitters umpires. So that might help try it a little bit. But, again, the pitchers are – Detroit's bad enough and, and that boy's good enough that we should still see a low-scoring game. I don't think the umpires have that much of an impact. But in case you're looking at Skaggs or loving him, just so you know, it's an extreme hitters umpire there. Yeah, like I want all the data, spot, all the data I can get. Uh, I don't overvalue the umpire. I don't say, like, all of a sudden you have to play a guy if he's got an extreme, uh, you know, extreme pitcher's umpire. You can't play a guy if he's got a extreme uh, hitter's umpire. We saw that the other day with Blake Snell where he had extreme hitter's umpire and he absolutely crushed. Uh, he had a no-hitter going, like, the seventh inning or something like that. So, again, data is good, but just don't freak out to the data, I suppose. Don't let one thing uh, move you the entire opposite direction. Let's go ahead. Let's do the screen share. What up, Pepsi? But I'll throw, I'll throw a Schwarber out there. I like Schwarber. Mentioned him a couple times. I think he bangs one out. I don't know if he's getting home or as far today. I don't know if you saw Josh Bell hit a, hit a ball in the Allegheny there in Pittsburgh, like 480. Uh, and also Gallo hit one like dead center, about like 480 as well, too. They were just bombing there in Pittsburgh. But uh, I think Schwarber gets a hold of Urania. Urania hits one out of the park. How about that? There's my, my bowl. I know you did the expert survey today, Pepsi. Actually, do you want to show that? Maybe show the expert survey. You want to do that? Because we can just kind of answer your questions and show what the, the people have. That's something we should take a, take a look at. We haven't done it in a while. Absolutely. I love the experts. So that's one of my favorite tools. If you're, if you're dying to find out what's what quickly, or you've only got 15 minutes to make some lineups after work, whatever the case may be, the ex, expert survey is the best tool. It breaks down almost every single thing very quickly for you. You don't got to dig into reading all the information. You can. It's there for you if you want to know why. We love Chris Sales say, but if you're just looking for quick answers, expert survey is by far the best tool to get your answers quickly. That was like a dig at cheese. Like if you don't want to read cheese, it's like 20,000 words in the slate. Oh, you no. want to read that. I mean, yeah. that is a great read. It's always entertaining. It's, um, you know, very resourceful. It's also funny, which, but if yeah. you don't have, you know, you get off work at 530, you know, the games lock at six, depending where you are. You got 15 minutes. That the expert survey is the quickest way to get there. Or of course, in cheese article, which I still think is the best thing in the Roto Grinders uh, premium package. You can go to his Cliff Notes or Cliff's Notes, as they're yes. technically called. I know you don't want to get all technical here. Well, I'm all about getting all technical. Did, did I have that? Is that a thing in Canada too, or is that just an American thing as far as Cliff Notes? No, Cliff they're Notes. here too. Yeah, I think they're. I don't know. If, is it is it just a North American thing? I imagine it's probably worldwide. No, I'm not sure if Cliff has gone worldwide or not. I don't really know how that goes down. I suppose that's for another show, another podcast. Uh, we are giving you a peek as far as the expert survey, of course, all our things that are options, the consensus value rankings, the expert survey, as previous mentioned, cheeses, uh, musings, which, by the way, he mentioned today, he, he uh, Kevin Roth, he, he gave a, a nickname <laughs> to Brad Peacock on the last the Crunch Time show when he pitched. Yeah, uh, yeah Cheese modified that. He just wants to call him Brad, I believe. He thinks, he thinks that's a better yeah. nickname than one Roth offered yeah. up. You can imagine what he used. Uh, the premium on FHQ, the plate IQ, uh, you, you get to uh, you – know, the slate IQ, all the IQs, uh, and I'm sure I'm missing something. As your lack of IQ, perhaps? Well, no, no. I'm talking about the things <laughs> that you're offered if you're a premium member. 
Just trying uh, to help you out. Sorry. You get Noto's grind down video updates. Uh, that's also uh, free as well too. There's a look and much. How about this? It's like an infomercial and much, much more. But this there's actually is much, much more. It's just you know we only have so much time. Uh, your favorite hitter for cash, Pepsi. Uh, it's Mookie Betts. I realized no one went Arenado before the uh, before, of course, the weather came up there. But uh, if you believe that game is going to play, it's still Arenado. But uh, Mookie Betts is a guy. I think he gets on base multiple times, and again, that leads to maybe stolen base, maybe a couple of runs scored. Yeah, and it's not just your opinion in here. It's like one of four other dudes, depending on the day, three or four. Andy Means, uh, Big T, and Stevie uh, P- Stevie TPFL, who you may remember from yesterday's show, uh, all answer these questions as well. Your favorite tournament hitter today is who? I put Jock Peterson up there just to be a little different because, you know, sometimes everybody's giving the same answers. So I want to be a little different with uh, Jock Jams there. Again, I like those lefty bats for L.A. against Fulton Emich, who I don't think is all the way back yet. So I think that's a little sneaky. All right. So both you, uh, everybody put Chris Sale as their favorite pitcher for cash and for tournaments. Uh, your, uh, your, favorite pitch, your favorite cheap pitcher for tournaments, you put the bread or the bread. Yeah, I think I might actually want to change that. I kind of like Gibson better now. This is, again, sometimes you fill it out over the day, things change, and the more I think of it, you know, you got the extreme pitcher umpire, the, the lineup for the Jays doesn't look as good. So I, I think I give the edge now to, uh, to Gibson over Brad. You talked about your love, and, and everybody else is Gibson as well, too. And like you said, the, the lineup looks pretty positive for, for Gibson as well, positive umpire as well, too. Uh, your favorite salary saver, it's back to JBJ. And I, I agree, I'm going to play some JBJ again, begrudgingly, and Watching him uh, sacrifice bunt, a Red Sox sacrifice bunting versus Baltimore in Baltimore. I don't know if you caught that yesterday. You got it down. Nice bunt. Yeah, good. good. The fundamentals of the game, the kids just don't play it these days. Good for him. Yeah. Like, stay his contract. But that, you, how, many, how many points do you get for a sacrifice bunt on Vance draft? I don't know. I was perfectly fine with it because I had been intending a couple lineups that were sitting close to the top 10. <laughs> a couple guys in score position, Ben and 10, here we go, and not so much from Ben. Uh, I was tilted by that for sure. Your, your favorite contrarian play, you've talked about Minnesota a couple times, Rosario's your guy. Yeah, I think Rosario's interesting. You know, we, we saw Thornton be a little splitsy so far in his uh, reverse splitsy story so far in his career. But we don't really know who he is yet. And again, the hard hits and the line drives are still there from him. The bullpen's terrible. I, I like Rosario a little bit. As much as I like the lefty bats from the uh, Dodgers, I also love all the bats from the Twins here. We dig into a uh, favorite, you know, we'll talk about stacks and, and homers in just a second. So we'll kind of skip that as far as yours, uh, other things in here. Did you have a useful, uh, a useful stat or a trend that you kind of stuck out to you when they're researching this late? Yeah. I mean, I talked about basically just how bad the Marlins were. Originally I was talking <laughs> about Arnado and his numbers at home versus lefties and, and how good they were, but I eventually moved over to just how bad the Marlins are. The worst team in, in baseball against right-handed pitching in Wolba and ISO striking at the second most, they don't walk. It was just a great matchup for Hendricks. Uh, as an SP2 or even an SP1, if you're just looking for your bats to do the uh, the damage for you, I think he's very reasonably priced in your wide. Uh, the hot takes. Let's see what everybody else's hot take is. Uh, Dodgers smack at least five homers. Dodgers hit four homers and outscore every other team by four-plus runs. And Big T's got Houston scoring 17 runs. You'll see those hot takes and raise them with what, Pepsi? Yeah, I think the Minnesota Twins are up and uh, scored 10 or more runs and hit five long balls. That is the expert survey. There you go. Have at it. Uh, again, there's more stuff in here. We can't tell with everything. Let's load up those questions. Uh, let's knock out the you know, next nine, 10 minutes or so of the rest of the show. Uh, answer as many questions as possible. If you watch us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Ask your question. Devin will go ahead and copy and paste it and throw it in the RG chat. Of course, you can just jump on. Cut out the middleman. Uh, he's multitasking enough. You can ask the question in the Rotary Matters uh, chat yourself. Uh, before we do that... Favorite stacks, favorite dongs, three dudes, and I want a jack-in-the-bag special. 
All right, fair stack Boston, Houston second. Uh, a couple of sneakier ones, the Dodgers in Minnesota. Uh, my home runs, uh, J.D. Martinez at the top. Uh, I'm going to go Jock Peterson in the mid-tier where he's a mid-tier guy. If not, Kepler, depending on the site you're on. And for value, I've been over the map here, but uh, C.J. Crone, I guess, is too cheap. And again, I like those Minnesota twin bats there. Jack in a bag on the high end, it's Mookie Betts. He's going to get walked, so he's going to steal a bag off Castro one of the first yeah. two times. Then he's going to hit the home run off the bullpen, the seventh or eighth. So that's how he gets a jack in a bag. And if you're looking for value, jack in a bag. Ooh, JBJ, your oh. boy. <laughs> is it a double steal out of, for, for, for JBJ and Betts? Is that going to happen? You're not going to call that, are you? That's pretty tricky. No, I'm not going to call the double steal. It could happen, though. You're right. But awesome. uh, I'm more about the uh, the stolen base and, and uh, home run with JBJ coming in two different innings, obviously. But uh, obviously, can he hit a home run and steal base in the same inning? I guess he could. But in theory. I, what I meant to say was they're doing it in separate innings. But um, do I think JBG is a jack in a bag? No. But if you're looking for a value guy that has the potential to do both, that's your guy. In the, the same inning, Fertano, didn't Fernando Tatis hit two grand slams in the same inning? Didn't that happen? He did. He did. That's insane. And it wasn't the first time it happened. I remember seeing that goal. That's crazy. I've never seen that before. And somebody else had already done it. But that's the great thing about baseball we talked about last time. You can watch a million games, and it feels like every night I still see something that I've never seen before. Questions are loading up here, Pepsi. The first two or three questions is, will Coors play? And the, I don't know. Do you know? Well, here's the thing. The weather is so bad. It's not worth taking a chance in the pitchers. One guy mentioned he likes gray because the weather's so bad. No, I mean, you can't take a chance in your pitchers throwing a couple innings and having a delay and never coming back. So first of all, knowing the pitchers and the hitters, nobody wants to even play in that. So, I mean, it, it just might be a situation, even if it plays, it plays low scoring just because it's so lousy. You're going to see a ball in that wind and rain and snow, and nobody wants to be involved. So the other thing is, why take the chance? Most people, I imagine 95% of the people, are up to date and going, we want no part of that. So it's likely not going to burn you anyway. However, if you're in one of those 2 or $4 tournaments with 10,000 people and you want to be different, that's the game to attack and just hope it plays and lights up, I guess. But I think we can fade it. It's not going to hurt us because most people like Dean and I are just going, I'm staying away. So even if, you know, Ian yeah. Desmond hits three home runs, he's probably not going to be highly owned to hurt you anyway. I got to hear what Roth has to say. If Roth says, like, you can, if you want to be ambitious, you can play him in tournaments, I'll, I'll make a, a lineup. Like, I won't have one-offs. There's no point in having a one-off in that game. I mean, they're all right. in or all out. Right. Um, to just kind of throw that out there. But I, I got I'm just going to yield to Roth. If somehow it improves and he thinks it's like a, you know, a 50% chance they play, it's, you know, risk-reward. Uh, Addison Russell, it's, this is a season debut. Is he viable, a DK cash player? Uh, he is cheap. They don't dock points for being a dirtbag. So, uh, you know, I, I guess and he's playing against the Marlins. So, I guess you can play him. He's batting eight. He's in the worst, uh, the worst possible spot. He's, he's uh, you know, batting home. Uh, eighth with a pitcher right in front of him. But if he's minimum price and gets walked a couple times and scores a run, he pays it off. But I mean, I mean, we don't know that he's a dirt bag. Was he actually, did he actually admit to doing? Uh, dig into it. It's not, it's not good. It's okay. not good. I haven't done that, but okay, fair enough. Sounds like he's a legend dirt bag. Let's just okay. Legend dirt bag is better. But yeah, I mean, if your minimum priced guy fits in your lineup and makes everything else rocking for you in a GPP, I'm fine with it. And batting eight from the pitcher at you know minimum price, hope for a couple of walks and a run. I'm okay with that too. Okay, so can we get Mean Dean's take? That would be me. Uh, mean Dean Oakland. Uh, I'm punting third, but Cozart. Um, why would you want to punt third, but Cozart? Isn't isn't Cozart like also like shortstop eligible? Well, on Fanduel is only at third. I know that. I think um, on, uh, I think he's second, at, short and third on DK. So 
I've not built a Fanduel lineup today. That's like it's kind of sort of in my head, but in theory, I, you know, there's an opportunity cost of that third. You know, we keep talking about how third base is one of the stronger positions, obviously. So, and also Cozart's terrible, and also Matt Boyd's good. So, like, there's I mean, a lot of factors in there where I don't want to play him. But the only argument, the again, is the same thing. If you love your lineup, it's absolutely loaded, and you love it, and you end up on third or short or utility, wherever that is, with only the minimum amount of money, which he is, Kozar, for example, on Fanal 2K, I'm okay with that. I've done it before. Do I expect anything from Kozar? No, I'm basically punting because the rest of my lineup is loaded and going to win it for me. So in that regard, sure. But are we seeking out a Kozar at, at minimum price? Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, you don't like it. You know what you're getting. You're not rostering Kozar because he's good. You're right. just rostering because you get the roster of the guys that you think are good. But uh, And every once in a while, he'll surprise you. I played him last night. <laughs> Got like a single out of him in a run or something. Goofy. Um, Cincinnati-Oakland game stack for GPPs. I'm not going that route. I mean, you know, there's an argument to be made that you can go any route in GPPs. But Brad Anderson keeps the ball on the ground. He's got a yeah. big ballpark behind him. He doesn't get lit up very often. The bullpen's good for Oakland. So that eliminates Cincinnati to me. Sonny Gray's been fine. I mean, again, he's not a guy that on a roster. I don't want to pick on Oakland, but, you know, he should suppress the power there from Oakland. And I just think that's a low-scoring game. So game stack theory in Oakland, not very often, not tonight. Uh, there was a combined three hits in that game last night, and one team had zero hits, and they were facing Mike Fires. Who, by the way, can we say Mike Fires is the worst uh, pitcher of all time to get two no-hitters? We could say that, right? To get two no-hitters? Yeah, I think you could agree with that. I mean, I didn't look at the entire list of guys that threw multiples, but, I mean, he might not be the worst pitcher ever to throw a no-hitter. No. Uh, well, to throw multiples. The guy with the Dallas Braden is probably on that list, the guy who's yeah. called, who called the yeah. game last night. And, and Armando Galarraga, almost. He didn't throw one, though, right? Almost. Yeah. I followed up with an almost. Jim Joyce, was it? Yeah, Jim Joyce. You're in that one? Yeah. Speaking of Mickey Cabrera, he was in the middle of that as well. He was. He's seen yeah. a ball that he never should have gone after. If he sat back <laughs> and let Kinsler, was it playing second, field it, he's fine. But he went like 19 steps to his right. By the way, for those of you that play first base, 19 steps to your right is too far for you as a first baseman. <laughs> Best so. starting pitcher after Sale, Boyd, and Kershaw. After Sale, who and Kershaw? Boyd? Well, yeah, I mean, um, it's probably Hendricks. Safety, it's definitely Hendricks. If you want a little more upside, it's uh, Gibson. Remember that lineup for Toronto is not as good. And the umpire is very good for Gibson. I got a twofer for you for cash. CJ Crone, Benintendi versus Moreland and Puig. Crone and Benintendi. Okay, if you're playing one lineup on Fandle tonight, you use Sale or Hendricks. I'm using Sale. One lineup. I mean, it depends on the tournament you're in. If it's a tournament and a lot of people, I would go to Hendricks and try to win with my bats. But in general, it's Sale. All right, another cash twofer. Uh, Moreland and Kepler versus Crone and Mookie. Crone and Mookie. Well, it's so funny. Now I'm scrolling down. And somebody in chat is just asking if Fires is the worst pitcher to throw two pitchers. I, I didn't see that question, but yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, I don't know who's on the list. I can tell you who's on the list, Nolan Ryan. I don't know who else is on it, but I think Nolan Ryan. I'm fairly, we can call it Nolan Ryan better than Mike Fires. I think we can call that one. I mean, you could go either way, but I'd give, uh, I'd give uh, Nolan the edge there, yeah. He's got a better right punch, too. I don't know if Robin Matura can vouch for that. I'm just uh, going to say that, yeah. <laughs> Google that, kids. They probably don't know it. That's awesome. How about uh, that for a headlock? <laughs> uh, Hendricks and Gibson for DK, uh, DK GPPs. I'm I love that, actually. I love that. I think that I'm going to do that at least. Uh, I got six lineups there. Um, I think twice I'm going to do that, just have some fun with the bats. And, uh, you know, in that case, you just hope Sale doesn't go completely off. But I love Sale. I'm only doing one. I want Sale first. But if you're doing multiples like I am, 
a couple with Hendrickson and Gibson is certainly a fun way to go. All right, tournament play. You got Reddick or do you have Kepler? Kepler. I like them both. Uh, best low price pitcher for DK GPPs, Urania or Anderson? I will take Anderson if you're forcing me to pick. Man, why are we, why really? We don't have to do that, do we? I mean, I would suggest you consider going up to Gibson and losing a bat because there's some upside there, but uh, e, I'm going to go to Anderson because I think he's got the best shot at a quality start, but there's no upside in either of these guys. No, but I mean, if you're just looking to survive and get 12 or 13 points, yeah. he, he, he wants a different shuffle as far as hitters, obviously. Yeah, it's Anderson, I guess. I just, I don't see, I don't want to go down that low, I guess. But hey, if you're doing 20 plus lineups, you know, Anderson's certainly has quality start upside. Uh, are there enough value bats to play Kershaw and Sale in cash? I, I, I don't think so. And I don't love Kershaw either. I don't, I think Kershaw will be fine. I just don't think he like puts up this number that pops. Take the $1,800 discount with Hendricks and get a very similar score, in my opinion. The, you know, Kershaw is not the same guy, and the, the Atlanta Braves are a tough matchup here. I just take the $1,800, get a couple of bonus bats, and go with Hendricks, who I think is just as good as Kershaw tonight. Yeah, I just – I don't think uh, – again, I'm not trying to discourage that, and it's probably something I might look at in tournaments to pay up for two, uh, you know, two big studs because I don't love the hitters just in general on this slate, so maybe you can win it you know, with your arms and a couple of goofy hitters doing something you didn't really necessarily see coming that that's kind of cheap. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I don't think I'm going to force that. Pepsi, uh, we're going to step aside. We're going to get out of here. We're going to make way for crunch time with Roth. You're going to want to watch today, of course. You watch every day, but definitely want to hear what Roth has to say as far as what's going down in Colorado. We'll give a, we'll give a more up-to-date forecast as far as uh, what, what to do with the Rockies, maybe if they're worth a GBP dart. Give me something for the road, Pepsi. Give me something good. If you're not on sale tonight, uh, it's Hendricks and uh, Gibson in the mid-tier there. And, of course, that's your SB2s as well. Boston and Houston, those are the two top offenses. They're going to be chalky. You want to get away from them? It's the Dodgers lefties and the Minnesota Twins top to bottom. Avalanche or Sharks, who wins game seven? San Jose in overtime. Give me this. Oh, give me the score. 3-2. Oh, I, I, so, so not like, <laughs> I want to move like two. Thomas Hurdle. Oh, Thomas Hurdle with the walk-off? Is that what you're calling? There you go. There you go. And the Bucs knock out the Celtics. And, uh, yeah, there you go. Boston Celtics with all their assets are knocked out in the second round. He's Pepsi. I'm Dean. Thanks for watching. Stay tuned for Crunch Time. We're out of here. Holler!